Since 2015, it's been our pleasure entertaining you from brass commentary, controversial interviews, and sexy cave crushes. We have given you our all. We've seen other shows come and watch them go. But Inside the Cave is still here. Inside the Cave. Thought-provoking ignorance. Guaranteed. Thought-provoking ignorance. The best blend of hip-hop and R&B with special guests and cave crush interviews. Inside the Cave is now on Indie Central Radio. You're about to go inside the cave. The cave. <laughs> inside the cave. Let's do it, yo. Dennis on. Fellas, your voice deserves to be heard. Speak up and speak out. With the He Too movement on Inside the Cave. Hashtag He Too. Yeah, she told me she was new around here and didn't know anybody. When I brought her around my friends and family, they all said they slept with her. He Too. She said her job gives her free tickets to the games. And she gets to travel with the team wherever they go. She said, I can't go because this is business. I should believe her, right? He too. I was told we was having casual sex. No strings attached. Now I'm paying child support and constantly in court. He too. She said, you don't have to cheat on me. We can fuck the bitch together. So I did what any other man would do. I brought a chick home. Now she posting on social media, N-words ain't ish. He too. She said all of those guys around her are like her brothers, and they look at her like one of the guys. Reporting live from the streets. In the streets with Inside the Cave. Back to Inside the Cave, InsideTheCavePodcast.com. We are live in the streets getting ready to talk to one of the leading voices of the culture. Been a big fan of his since the beginning. He's in Chicago promoting his new book, Shook One, Anxiety Playing Tricks on Me. Welcome to Inside the Cave, the homie Charlemagne the God. Hey, first of all, I want to just say thank you, man, for what you did with, what you're doing with mental health, mm-hmm. but also... Bringing Angela Rye and Ebony K. Williams. I've been a fan of Angela, but also Ebony K. Because mm-hmm. I watched the op- opposite side for political reasons, and I thought Ebony wasn't getting her credit, mm. and then you brought her out. <laughs> you brought a mainstream to me. You know, it's so funny, man. Ebony will always tell you the story about how she. Um, I used to do Kennedy show. I still do Kennedy show. Kennedy's a real good friend of mine, and I used to see Ebony there, and she used to ask me to come on the Breakfast Club then. And I, it's not that I, I just. She, I guess we would exchange emails. Uh, I would forget to hit her back, but timing is everything. She ended up coming when her um her book came out, pretty powerful, and she's been on a couple of times since yeah. then. She's been on the podcast. podcast I love Ebony. I just I think she's dope. I think she's just she is. She's just the voice that we need in our culture. And, Smart girl too. You know Angela Rye. That's they both are godsend. But you know Angela, it's so funny because like the weirdest things come out of um I guess so-called bad moments because yeah. it came on a night when everybody was giving me all the backlash on Twitter because I, I sent a tweet out saying it would be dope if a woke woman of color right. you know, created her own platform like and become a voice like Tommy Lauren did and even though I worded it all fucked up you I know, understood what the, point, the, yeah, <laughs> the point and, and, and we still got what we needed exactly. out of that because I met Angela Rye that night and then, you know, even Ebony was somebody who was upset about that tweet. So, okay. you know, she was somebody, that's why she, when she saw me at Kennedy, she ran up on me like, yo, what's up? We here. Yeah. See, we right. out here. She so, yeah. it's dope. It's, it's dope how things uh, end up working out. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not the type of person to keep trying to tell people what I mean. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather show them what I mean. No doubt. You know, so it's, I feel great that you even asked me that question because it lets me know that what I set out to do, which is help them elevate their voices, is, is got done. So Yeah. Yeah. Now, piggybacking on the mental health thing, and I know you've been speaking out on that, does it seem like now it's becoming a little bit of a fad? Like it's almost like it's cool for something to be wrong with you instead of acknowledging something might be wrong with you and getting the help you need? Um, yeah, but you got to make yourself aware first, right? Like, you can't hear what you don't reveal. So once you reveal it and you're like, okay, I do have a problem, that's the first step in going to get help. Like, the, the first the first sign of, of any real problem is denial. Oh, I'm not an alcoholic. Right, I'm right. I'm not addicted to cocaine. Like, I don't got a drinking problem, you know what I mean? Right. I like, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not, I don't have any bipolar, whatever it could be, you know? So it's like when you acknowledge it, that's the first step in actually going to get help. And to be honest with you, if it's a fad, it's a great fad. You know, shit, think about all the, the, the bullshit we done normalized in our communities, all the stuff we done made fads and trendy that we shouldn't have made, you know, fads and trendy. So this right here is a good one. If everybody is finally, you know, confronting whatever mental health issues they may have and they're going to get the help and they're going to therapy, why not? Yeah. We black in America. We we dealing with post-traumatic slave disorder. Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, like, right, yeah, right. like all that pain that our ancestors went through, they passed just that pass on via, via generation. So it's just like, yeah, let's go unpack some of that. You know what I'm saying? Let's see how we can, you know, really be the best we can be mentally. I'm not, I'm, I'm not mad at it if it becomes a fad. You know, listen, I listen to Breakfast Club every morning because I'm out of town. No disrespect to GCI, but I listen to y'all every morning. And you put me on to Dr. Umar Johnson. So mm. we had Dr. Umar on our show. Okay. Now, what I didn't know, because I liked everything he says about, you know, raising black kids and stuff, his sons. I didn't know that he was a, wasn't a fan of Obama until after I interviewed him. Do you think people like him and the influence he put on others is the reason why a lot of black people didn't go out to vote this time because um, of his rhetoric? That's a great question. Um... I'm not going to say just his rhetoric alone, but I think that his rhetoric is just a reflection of what a lot of people feel like they saw. And what they feel like they saw wasn't a lot of action from the first black president. You know, things didn't really change for the African-American community. You know, so I think that a lot of times when, you know, you give something like that a shot, like that was like the largest youth vote that turned out at the time. And people who had never voted before went out and voted. And then after eight years, they feel like they didn't really see any change. They didn't really see any progress. They're like, man, it was the same old thing. Man, what was but, the point? Yeah, so that probably that probably turned them away more than anything. If they had actually saw some real change happen in their community, they probably would have lined up to keep that going and, and make sure, you know, Hillary got into the White House. Mm. So I can't just put it all on, on Dr. Umar. There's you know? a lot of false news that people like him kind of spread out too. But. To be honest with you, I think I don't think we did our part. True. You know, I think we forgot about democracy. Yeah. You know, I think that we thought we could just vote Barack Obama in and everything and would be it. peaches and cream. Like, we got to demand things from any president. It don't matter if it's yeah. Barack Obama or Donald Trump. Like, we got to go in there with Man. initiatives and, and plans right. and, you know, make, yeah. yo, this is what we want for our communities. Everybody else do it. The LGBT community did it. Uh, they did. The, um, transgenders do it. Like, yeah. everybody goes in there with their agendas. Women do it. Why aren't we going in there with our own agenda? Right. And that's the other problem I have with, like, just, you know, not not Democrats in general. Like, we are so loyal to them. That is true. But none of them ever talk about African-American rights. They talk about everybody else's rights. Women's rights. Yeah. LGBT. Immigrant. Why Take can't you just say, yo, black rights? Yeah. You know? Or maybe it's our fault. Like I said, maybe we need to come up with a, a list of things that this is what we want. And this is how we want it. I just, I don't know. 
it's, it's a it's a complicated situation, but I, I can't put it all on Doctor Umar. That's a constant spinning wheel, there. Well, thank you, man. Appreciate you My so brother. much. Thank you, man. Can we Appreciate get you to give us a shout out? Easy. Can you get the phone? <clears throat> phone just say yo to Charlotte. Well, you know, just say we going. You going inside the cave? cave. All right. Inside the cave, yo. Go uh, the other way. Oh, you want the long way? Yeah. Pause. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Just get it on him. Just get it on him. All right. Here we go. What's your name individually? Uh, CB said. CB and said. All right. Hey, Charlemagne the God here. I'm with my guy, CB and said, and I'm going inside the cave, all right? It's all right. Brooke, the Mackey firm. What's up? What's up? Inside the cave. I just see you guys, too. I see, I see, um, I see your, your page inside the cave. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, you just made my day. It's <laughs> Brooke seeing us. You know you're on Inside the Cave, so you're now our Cave Crush of the Week. Cave Crush. This is a big deal for you. Yeah, seriously, you are Cave Crush. You're going to be on our Instagram page. A bunch of your pictures will be on Now, off the record, we got a, you, you have a friend who was our one of our first Cave Crushes, Miss Leos. Yes. Yeah, how you know her? Um, me and Tiffany, we've been knowing each other for... A few years. Um, she has a, a brand herself, yeah. the Body Babe. Shout out to her. Y'all um, dangerous together, like yeah, for man, sure, yes, for we real. Are, like we we had a, actually had a conversation about you know doing something with Trav and Body Babe and coming out with something that kind of yeah. you know fits both. So be be on the lookout for dope, that. Dope. Um, and I really just think I really just think that you know in this day and time, you know when I when when this year came, it's like okay. Everyone, you know, I, I don't want to work for anyone else. Yeah. So it's all about having, you know, several income, several sources. You know, you just want to be able to try and, and do something, whatever you envision. So I, I was, I am a little nervous about the whole, you know, idea because I didn't want people to like, like link it to me and be like, oh, I, I wanted to kind of see what people respond to us. So a lot of people don't know that it's my brand. Uh, I came up with the concept. It is my, I'm not promoting, I'm, I'm not <laughs> promoting for anyone else. Yeah. Trap hoodie is, is my mind. Yeah, so, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> now, um, I saw you did the Women's Expo, right? Yes. And how was that speaking in front of all those women and stuff? Was that something you always thought you would like doing, like speaking in front of like thousands of people, you know what I'm saying? Like um, giving advice and that stuff like that. So when I did the, when I asked to become on the Women's Expo from WGCI, uh, you know, they wanted to um, basically get a group of women together that, you know, obviously are, that is in the industry, in a male-dominated industry, and just kind of basing that off of the struggles and the obstacles that's being, you know, presented in this time. What um, kind of obstacles you got to go through, though? Um, I, you know what? You don't fuck with Miss Brooke. Listen, a lot of people, like, the the reward now is, is definitely from grinding, like, okay. You know, I, I like I tell people, nothing really has been given to me. Like being a woman, being attractive, having followers on Very Instagram attractive. and whatever. You know that that it can it can work with you and it can work against you. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times people don't think that you're more than just like taking a picture or more than what you are you're wearing or your body or your shape. Yeah. And my my goal is to basically. 
you can be all of that. You can be fine. You can have a body. You can be an entrepreneur. Smart. You can you can party and get paid for it. Mm. You know, it's not. It's about what you want to create, right. what you envision. Don't let anybody stereotype you or put you in a box. And I think that's basically, in in a nutshell, what I'm what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do is saying that. Listen, you can not have because a lot of times, like, oh, I get the questions of what do you do or what's going, and it, that has happened a lot, and it, and I have been judged. Of, I know judged, you. I yeah. know you don't like that. No, no, no. It, and, and you know what? It's fine. Like, I have a passion for women and hospitality and people. Never did I think that I was going to be like, oh, doing parties and doing this and doing that. I actually came to Chicago because I went to Columbia and I went to school for theater acting. Okay. And that's my first passion. That's my background. Okay. Okay. But anything really in entertainment. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, it's all about when we say a hustler or we're grinding or we're trapping, it's all about what what you're doing that works for you. Right. When I first came up with the Mackie firm, I didn't know how it would make money. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I want to have my own company and I want to curate makeup artists and stylists and models and, you know, photographers. You're a true boss. You're a true boss because I tried to interview somebody and she's like, you got to holler at Miss Brooke first. I said, oh, I ain't going to step on no toes. <laughs> I think her name was Kenya. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's like, nah, I'll let Miss Brooke for her. Like, I no problem. I think she used to be a lovable. She said she didn't, but I think she did. But she don't, she said she didn't, though. But I figure I'll talk to the boss about that. But that's cool, though. Um, yeah, I mean, like, my whole thing is, is again, you know, um, a lot of people don't, like, Instagram and all of that is, like, perception. But I might be a little bit, like, shy or, you know, I'm not really, like, um, I'm probably nothing like what I look like or what you see or this or like but at the same time it's like I'm just I'm just in love with with the grind with the hustle like I put you, you like know. this you real cool like I <laughs> I wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect that like you was real cool like I was nervous to holler at you like, no I'm like all over the place like yeah. I'm, you know busy. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely busy I'm, I'm shoot man yeah. and like that no sleep like that no sleep yeah. is real and then after and then and you know me just but it's, it's all good that's, you travel that's what, a lot how's yeah. that traveling all the time like plane I used to travel a lot too but not like like how you was traveling like I saw you one minute I saw you because I'm, I'm a fan of your Instagram and I saw you in LA then you was in Toronto like man you everywhere like that, that don't ever get old being on the planes traveling all the time you ever get old um what traveling yeah you don't mind it? I don't think, um, I don't think traveling is, um, that, that'll never get old. No, okay. <laughs> you know. A lot of people don't like it. I, I would, I would like to travel right now. I would love to Really? Okay. okay. I mean, just like today, like, I had the opportunity of, um, it's, it, when it, when you're, when you're in grind mode and you're hustling and you're trying to, you know, do things to get to the next level, um, sometimes you have to take sacrifices and, and the sad thing about me is, is that I, I do take a lot of sacrifices even with my own relationships or my friends or my personal life. When you're, when you're grinding, sometimes you can't take a trip because 
you know what, I gotta do this pop-up shop because right. I, I need people to know that Smoking, what I'm right. doing. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the end of April, but it's still hoodie season. Right, 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 right. <laughs> trap hoodie, trap hoodie. Trap I'm gonna order one, I'm gonna order one. Yeah, 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 I'm older one. It's my first run, so, you know, I'm okay. definitely gonna, you know, you got, you got them in big, big man size? I do. Okay, okay, I do. Cool, cool, cool. And like I said, that, that was my, that was why my target is, you know, I love the women, I love, I love us ladies, but, you know, I wanted to do something that could market to the guys as well. So how'd you get up here at Fleek Club? I know you say you holler that boo. I actually hosted an event for another brand here. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, a lot of times, us as a network, um, sometimes we be, you know, intimidated or threatened to help, you know, each other out. Yeah. And I just, we just really just had a conversation about, you know, merchandise and, you know, I see that he brands, you know, Flea Club, he has Flea Wear and this, that, and other. And I'm like, yo, like, I, could I even do something like that for myself? And he's like, yeah, you can. Like, Let's you do go. it for everybody else, why not? So he actually was the first person to kind of like, you know, put that, you know, seed in my head where it was just like, okay, go That's for dope. it, you know? Boo, Boo always been like that. He took yeah. me on my first tour when he was um, rapping with Lil Wayne. He brought me on the first tour. I wasn't doing a podcast then, but man, he just invited me, introduced me to everybody, baby. Uh, Lil Wayne, this is my man. I wasn't even doing nothing. Like, that's the type of person he is. So, yeah, shout out to Boo. All right, I got some random questions for you. Can you handle random questions? I can. All right, here we go. Name three Chicago models other than yourself. Do you consider yourself a model? Um. Because you, like, on the corporate side, business side, so, like, do you consider I mean, yourself? I mean, any, if, anytime you're representing a brand or you, you can be the face of something, then, yeah, yeah you can be a model. Okay. I mean, I think a lot of times we get it misconstrued, like, no. oh, I'm not. Um, but as far as, what do you mean, like, models? Yeah, or you name mean, three, like, name three of them on the spot. Three models? Yeah, Chicago models. Um, Chicago models, okay. Um, Kanani, um, you know, I've been knowing her for a minute. Shout out to Kanani. She was on America's Next Top Model. Oh. Um, in a season, she she's what I consider a model, photogenic, mm. you know, um, high fashion, okay. um, you know, just beautiful. Yeah, okay, um, as far as like, so we can do that. I gotta shout out my friend Tiffany. Mm -hmm. You know, shout out Tiffany Leo, mm. body babe. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, Yeah. Oh, D Strawberry. I love Strawberry. Oh, D Strawberry. I had her yes, on the show too. Yes, okay. I love yeah. Strawberry. D Strawberry. Yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah. All right. But I mean, it's so. It's so many. Like, let me tell you something. Like, one thing about me, like, even when I do my events, I bring a lot of um, out of town talent in. Right. But one thing about me, I definitely believe in supporting our own, supporting our own right. Chicago talent. And there's so many beautiful girls here that's dope. And D Strawberry actually has an apparel line too. Yeah. And you know, it's 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 really about just you know staying connected and, and um, ladies you know. taking over yeah. now. Y'all ladies yeah. doing y'all thing. Yeah. All right, I got a, um, another random question. It's what we ask all of our cave crush. It's for the fellas. Heels on or heels off? Or you just won a shirt from us. We have a shirt. 
uh, CaveCrushShop.com. That is the correct answer. I'm going to send you a shirt. No, serious. I want to send you a shirt. Okay. CaveCrushShop.com. I'm going to send that to you. Uh, she, she answered that question so good, I don't even have another question for her. That's, that was the best. Hair up or hair down? I love a good ponytail, but why don't we start with it up and then we take it down? <laughs> you answering all these questions. Did, did, did I just see your mom here today? That was my godmom. She is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. That's crazy. All right, so here's another random question. If I asked to go through your phone right now, would you let me? Yeah, why not? Wow. I wouldn't let you go through mine. I'm married and I got number. Pictures of the kids. I wouldn't that's let them. <laughs> it ain't nothing new under the sun. Wow, that's crazy. Man. <laughs> I thought I was gonna get you with that one. No, okay. All right, tell everybody all. I hardly I'm... save anyone's number anyway, so For you wouldn't know who. <laughs> <laughs> that's a smart way to do. Yeah. All right, so tell everybody one more time: trap hoodies, where they can get it, how they can find you, whatever, and then you know we'll get something else after that. Tell everybody where they can get it. Um, Yeah, I'm going to get you a drink. Uh, yeah, so just look forward to it. my website and, you know, that page is all coming soon. Like I said, I just threw it out there. You know, now that I throw it, out, now that I threw myself out there, I definitely got to follow up with the right way. So, yeah. Thought-provoking ignorance with special guests and cave crushes and cave crushers. You did say you wanted to be in, right? Get the latest in cave fashion at CaveCrushShop.com. That's CaveCrushShop.com. Follow Inside the Cave on Instagram for more thought-provoking ignorance. We repost, you decide. Now you feel freer than you Yo, y'all want to see the sexiest women on the planet? Then follow Cave Crush on Instagram. Cave Crush is popping. Listen to Inside the Cave now on iHeartRadio for more thought-provoking ignorance. Listen to the Cleese Report with Ro now on iTunes. Cave Crush of the Week. It's on. All right, here we go. Welcome back inside the cave. We are live now on our Facebook group. And everybody who's listening to this podcast, thank you very much. We have a special guest. Hey, Veli, is she Cave Crush? Are we making her Cave Crush of the Week? I say, why not? I mean, she's, 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 you know, positive, doing positive things. I say, let's do it. Yes, man. Thank you. What did I just tell you before I introduced you, Shanta? You can't do that to him. We we ain't on that. Don't even say, don't say nothing to him. Don't say thank you. Hey, man. Don't say nothing. Just, just not. That's all you can do. (laughs) I'll just play it. Dry snitching ass nigga. Come on. Yeah. Hey, remind (laughs) him to edit that. Yeah, Yeah, remind (laughs) me to edit that. (laughs) She is the author of of, of the soon to be award winning book. 
from Chicago got a book called Why Side Chicks Winning. And she is yeah. our cave crush of the week, Miss Shanti Helena. Is it Helena or Helena? Helena. Helena. Welcome to Inside the Cave. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I'm super excited, actually. As you should be. Now, you got this book called Why Side Chicks Winning. Explain it. So basically, I came up with the concept because, for one, let me rewind. The book was never planned to come out with. Never. I was going through a lot of stuff at the time, um, dealing with someone I was dating, dating, and just stuff in the past. Um, a lot of stuff that my friends was talking about, the side chick thing with SZA, the side, the weekend. It was like a whole lot of side chick stuff going on in the past few months. So I'm like, I'm about to write a book. And I literally woke up one day and I wrote the book less than 90 days and made it happen. Nice. So what is the book about? Is it? So it's about, of course, my personal experience as a side chick. And I talk about my situation, other people's problems as well, the different problems that a woman will go through within a relationship and how to respond to it and what to do to move forward. And at the end of the book, it's like, okay, you went through all of this. Um, you tried to save your marriage, your relationship. It may have worked, but it may have not worked. Well, here's a way to boss up your life. My last chapter in my book is very, very important. It's going to make sense as you're reading the book on why I ended the book how I did. And that's pretty much it. But it's like a more, like an encouraging book. Like a lot of my friends, when they first you know, heard the title, they was like, wait a minute, I'm totally confused about this title. Can you explain to me? And I told them, just hold on. So when I actually gave them a copy of the book last week and they read it, they was like, that book like blew my mind away that that title was actually perfect for you know what you're talking about in the book and it all made sense on why five chicks win it so i'm like oh okay perfect so that's how everything came about. without without giving too much away of the book why are side chicks winning okay um i'm gonna speak on my you know on my personal experience um and this is for everyone that thinks the same thing as well side chicks is winning because it's like we are they they um therapists they come and confine to us with all of their problems their issues we're like the fun girl you know we like to go out the sex is really good you don't have to worry about us blowing up your phone but it depends on which side chick you are because i do discuss different types of side chicks inside of the book but overall it's like the fun girl she likes to let her hair down she has freedom she's not worrying about you she has a life on her own and he loves that about her like the energy everything that she brings about herself that he may not be getting at home mm, okay because uh, we i did a study on this uh on my own actually i just made it up and i researched. said yeah, I actually said that it's too many guys that want side chicks and we need to go back to the old school principles of marriage and we need to get more mistresses. And I'm not talking about myself because side chicks, from what I've always was told, cause too many problems because I use the Destiny Child uh, uh, example. Latoya Luckett, uh, the, the, what's the other girl, Latavia, they were all fighting to be number one. Whereas Kelly, she knew she was number two and was never going to be number three, but damn sure wasn't going to be number one. She was the perfect mistress. Whereas Latoya and Latavia, 
was basically a bunch of side pieces. True. However, I actually agree and I disagree. Um, I actually did a YouTube video a couple months ago called Treat Me Like Your Side Chick. So, he was like, what do you mean by treating like your side chick? Like, yeah, everyone keeps saying, stay in your lane, stay in your place, and things when I get complicated. Well, if you do everything that you're doing with the side chick, you could do that with me as well. And I'm speaking from personal experiences that you would have all these late night conversations with me. We're going to have a good time. You could do the same thing with your woman at home. You can buy her gifts. You can text her just because. You can have spontaneous sex whenever you want to. You could do the same exact thing with your woman at home. So I agree with you, but I kind of disagree to a certain extent. Okay. Hmm. Don't feel bad, honey. We don't agree with him a lot, so it's okay. I do have a couple of questions. The first is, well, no, the first is actually an announcement. You, the 25th is your book release party, the book yes. release date, correct? Yes, the and official it's to, drop. It's going to be from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Diamond's House of Beauty, 100 South William Street in Thornton, Illinois, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, our, yes. Are all Inside the Cave listeners invited to come out to this release party? This is an open invite to whoever come and show up and support, take pictures. I'm going to have food, drinks, music. Any and side you chicks? never know. Um, it might be some side chicks and you never know. <laughs> is, it, is it a speed dating side chick type of thing? It's not a speed dating. It's just a, you know, just come congratulate me on my book. And you're more than welcome to network. Now what goes on in that shop, I have no control over. Hmm. Slack, I'm, you coming? I'm, you coming? I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Shanti, let me ask you about yourself a little bit. What side of Chicago are you from? I am from the east side of Chicago, um, High Park. Oh, so you a four oh, corner God. hustler, or you a what? What you is? Oh, whatever. Oh, I live in a nice area. It's nice over here. I love it in High Park. I'm right like two blocks away from the beach. Like, oh, so you a gangster disciple then? You a gangster disciple? I mean, I guess is what you want to call it. I don't know. I'm not about that life. Oh, you a BD? No, nah, she, she a BD. might be a BD. Nah. I think yeah, she a BD. BD. Yeah, you a BD. No, okay. No okay. And Shanti, what made it a book and not a movie? What made what inspired it to be a book and not a poem? So, like, give us a little bit more insight into how it became, how the book came into fruition, and how long it took for this book to happen. Because I think some people get confused about, you know, uh, writing or, or or any kind of. Um, uh, artistic endeavor. Sometimes they think it happens overnight. So can you tell us a little bit about your process? Yes. So at the time, like I mentioned earlier, I was going through a lot in my life, just not about relationships, but just personal issues. And of course, my current relationship at the time had took a major impact on me. And it was just so much going on. So I'm like, you know what? I have a lot going on. Because originally my book was not going to be about this. It was going to be about something totally different and i'm like you know what i'm gonna write a book about side chicks and i'm like but how am i gonna write that like what is gonna be my title so i said let me write down the different topics that i would like to discuss in the book first once it's just like old school you're in high school you write your topics your subtopics and you start filling in with details once i had that blueprint foundation it was easy for me to write i was writing non-stop non-stop um, it took me about a good 60 days to write the book. 
changed the book around a few times, but I actually dedicated like two or three hours a week around my life to write the book. Um, I never thought about doing a movie, but now since things has been going crazy, people have been like emailing me, DMing me, my social media has pretty much been blowing up. Um, someone was like, have you ever thought about doing your book to a play? So I might, I'm supposed to meet someone on Sunday and he's going to read the book and if things go to plan, you might see this inside of a play. Not 100%, but it was brought to my attention. Can we get one of our guys to be an actor in there? The, uh, the, um, the who, you know, I don't care who wants to be, you know, I'm not the one cutting the check. That's the sponsors and the, you know, whoever they want to choose. <laughs> so, but the process was hard at first because, you know, that's a very, very hard subject topic to really discuss with women today. Even, you know, just in general. So very touching. So I had to be very, very careful what I actually have put in the book. Um, it was some things I actually had to take out the book because I didn't want to offend too many people, but I still kept it real. I kept it 100. But once I got towards the middle of the book, it was like a breeze. I was boom, 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 boom. There you go, there you go. And I got done with it overnight. I'm like, wow, I actually did that. But in college, I couldn't even write a 40-page paper for my thesis statement. <laughs> so... <laughs> But right. it was it was hard. It was hard. But it one it's all about time management. If you have time management, now that I know what I know now, when I write my next book, I can get done with my book in thirty days with no problem. So, uh, just for the record, are you promoting being a side chick? Are you saying this is what women should strive for, or, or no? Okay. I'm not. I, I'm asking a question. Why? Like you're talking to your homeboy. Like, man, why side chicks winning? Or why men cheating? Or why women cheating? I'm just asking a question. But I'm answering a question in the book. But I'm also giving you different examples of women in those type of relationships. And so this is actually putting a woman on game. Like, hey, you nagging at home with your husband or your boyfriend, and you're not doing this. You know, this is why he's probably straying away to the next woman. I mean, it could be a million reasons why a man is straying away at the end of the day. But I did list some of those things. And someone came to me personally the other day was like, you know what? It's things in that book that I just don't do with my man no more because of this. But I'm going to put my pride to aside and I'm going to follow everything that you put in this book. And I actually have a journal workbook inside of my book for these women can actually do with their relationships. So it's actually helping their relationship. But I'm giving them examples like, well, this is why she getting all the money. And this is why, you know, he's chasing her and communicating with her because of X, Y, and Z. So hopefully the women follow the steps and things go good. You know, <laughs> if he, you know. Do you feel like this is just for women or could men benefit? Uh, men, I, yeah, and I was going to get to that. I actually have a lot of men buyers. Um, uh, a man can read the book because they can say, you know what, let me just read this book and see what this is about. And maybe, you know, it, I can get some type of insight from it as well. But a lot of men have brought my book already, pre-ordered my book. Nice, nice. Now, so I'm just they, waiting. I'm just waiting on the reviews. <laughs> so where can they, they pre-order and buy it? At? So you, my um, shantihelena.com backslash shop, and you can pre-order your book. As soon as you pre-order, my team will process it, and you'll get get it within the next two, three to five business days. Or you can go Amazon.com and type in "Why Five Chicks Win It," and my book will come up as well. 
Did you know you were the side chick when you were a side chick? No. You sure? That's you all I'm gonna say. That's you, all I'm gonna say is you sure? no. What? Positive. No, I, I did not know. Feel where what? she's coming from. A lot of the times, you're kind of inadvertently a side chick. You oh, didn't know stop until it. later. Stop it! Stop truth. it! Stop it! It's the truth, and for, and and you know, to 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 be you know quite honest and supportive of her book. Like I think you know uh, that's why I asked why you know do men purchase it because I think it's interesting how you may believe you're behaving a certain way, but women read it very differently. Very different. Yes. Some women actually see and in as a side chick like you leave that door open for that to happen because um of whatever you know whatever reason it could be i think a lot of times a lot of guys don't believe it's gonna happen i think they just think they're messing around and before they know it they have a whole nother relationship going on i don't i don't think that it it's planned exactly yeah, a lot of women. It's say not that. on my, but see, in my book, I talk about there's three different types of side chicks. So I don't want to give too much away in detail about that, but I do talk about the different type of side chicks, and I actually was all three of them, but it was a process. But to answer your question, I did not have a clue that I was fashion. All right, here's I the reason. Was, he was cold. Here's the reason. Here's the reason why I don't believe you because. Women to me are the the smartest things on this earth. I mean, women are y'all got that uh, what's that thing y'all got that uh, tuition intuition intuition y'all got y'all got mm-hmm. all that shit going for you. So you mean to tell me some dumb nigga made you a side chick and you ain't know? I think oh, you no, didn't. No. Think, think about it. Let me just say this. Can I say this? Can I say this? I was in my master's program full time, working a full time job as a financial advisor for PNC Bank. I had my little fat husband doing event planning. I was traveling. I had a life. Like he was calling me every day, texting me, coming over, spending the night, giving me money. Like he was there. He was there whenever I needed him. There was no question. Been to the the house that I thought it was the house, but that's a whole other subject. But he was there. Like, he was giving me more attention than I was to date a regular guy that was not in his situation. Put it like that. He was always available. Like, I don't even, you know, don't understand how I didn't see that. But I had a life on my own, and I'm not a snooper. And he didn't have no social media either, so. That was see, nothing. see, come on. <laughs> see, see, this is what I'm talking about. I'm just not buying it. Yeah, women, you, you are a smart girl. You just wrote a book in 60 days. This man ain't have a social media. No, he didn't have no social media that you knew about. You didn't no. want to know. You didn't want to know. But CB, Come on, what man. you're doing, what you're doing, which makes me so sad, is you're releasing the responsibility. And that's what I think she's trying to do. She's trying to create accountability. It's a two-way street. And I will say, in my past, I didn't know I was the side chick, oh, but apparently God. I was. Oh, <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you I, did. I mean, I agree wholeheartedly with you, Shanti. I, I I was in a relationship with someone, and they were there every day. My children's events, they were involved in. They were there 100%. And then one day, I got a phone call from a wife, and I didn't even know who she was. And she and dropped the same a bomb thing, on right. me just as I was dropping bombs on her. We both were, like, flabbergasted and awe at that. And to me, you know, like, I kind of told her, like, all this over this nigga, like, he's not even all that magical to share, you know, but... Unfortunately, <laughs> you know, hell, hell no. It, it, you got busted, huh? No. Yeah. I mean, tell him, Sly. Tell the truth, Sly. Tell him. No, it's not Sly. It's 
fly, but I'm just saying that you gotta to look at it from the other point of view. You know, okay. I understand how you could say, how could that happen? But when a, when a man wants something, he goes after it. Is that true? Exactly, yes. If he wants it, he's going to fight for it 100%. Yeah, but you know, you know what the problem is? I think a lot of times when females get involved with guys, they don't have a conversation about the status of the relationship. They just assume because they see the oh, guy no. daily. No, we just get lied to. On. We just get bold faced lied to. Of course Aww. you would ask. That's like, not true. That's not true. When you start talking to someone, when you first start dating someone, the question comes up, are you involved? Are you dating? And of course they're like, no. That's not I'm true, Pat. That's not true. Cat, with anything, You're right, I'm agreeing with you. He lied. You're right. That no, was it don't mean he lied. So a lot of times women don't time that conversation don't come up. Yeah, or, and, say, and I'm or, saying maybe that's not true if someone was able to write a book about it. No, we're not, we're not saying it in her case. We're just saying like... You guys are in a little bit of denial. I think it happens way often. It may not be you all. But I think it does happen way can, more often. Can, can I can I stop for a second? I, I, I got I got a few things to say. Wait wait slide 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 before before you get in. I just want to stop for cousin Lamar. Uh, we got a question for uh, for Shanti in the in the in the group real quick. Can you uh, get that? Yeah, I got you. Hey, what's up, Shanti? I didn't introduce myself. I'm cousin Lamar. Hi, how you doing? Pretty good. All right, we got uh, Jessica Stingley writing in saying blessings to you, sister. I hope the play comes about. And then she also writes in, has a question that says, how did you find out you were the side chick? Um, so as time went on, question, things were starting to get really questionable. But this situation, I was like, ah, oh, whatever. But we'll put the icing on the cake. And I'm going to just say this. I'm split it, spilling some tea from the book. His own best friend told me that he was married. He's right-hand man. And when he told me, I was like, no, you're lying. That's not true. Why would your best friend tell on you like that? Like, that's like your brother. Because he was trying to fuck. CBI kill kill you. (laughs) (laughs) So dirt, I kill you. (laughs) But even before before he had told me, it was certain things that after a while, it just was not adding up. You know, I'm like, well, I'm used to this. Well, why are you not doing this? After certain times, you know, he had started sending me off and I'm like, this is not what we do. But I didn't think that I was a side chick. I'm like, maybe he was with some other women. Maybe he cheating on me right now. I don't know, but I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. But it was kind of hard because like I say, he didn't have a social media. So it was like, damn, I can't, you know, go on there, try to snoop anything. And he had a regular job and he did his little nightlife stuff or whatever. And I'm like, I have to figure out a way. Like he was like ghost and power. Like I have to just maneuver my way. And then as time went on, it hit the fan. And I got what I was looking for. So I got a quick question for uh, for Shanti and for Kat real quick. Uh, so what if you, you meet a guy and this, you know, you can answer for the women who you might have put them in your book. The men that are married or that are dating and that tell a woman, hey, I'm involved, and but she still seeks that guy. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't even put your stuff through it. Even if you try to tell yourself, oh, I'm just going to have sex with him and have fun, don't do it. Because emotions and things get involved, like, do not do it. If you like someone and he's married, keep it moving. If he try to come to you, be like, look, I respect you your wife or whoever and I don't even know her and I respect her I'm okay because he gonna do it to you 
he did it to her, he's gonna do it for you, it's gonna be a repeat pattern. And I'll tell him this, you know what? Holla at me when your situation is over with. Just kill him with that one line and I'm good. And that's just plain and simple, like run. And it's crazy that you say that because, and I'm this just something been happening lately, I've been attracted to married men. Mm, they were, I've been attracting married men <laughs> and I don't know why I could be in a store, whatever, out of the club and that was, you know, I don't come out and say are you married? I start holding conversations and I ask the right questions and eventually they open up to me and was like yeah, but you know, and I'm like yeah, but I don't be married men so thank you and have a great day. I just okay, wanted I to ask that because because Kat uh, said that most men lie about it so sometimes it's not always they the do, they do lie <clears throat> but a lot of these men, they just putting it on the st- table because for one, if you got something so good at home, it's like, damn, I know I got something good at home. I could just be 100 and be honest because that's what women want, right? You want men to be honest and be real and be 100, which is true. But the marriage thing, I don't play with that stuff. You married, stay away from me because I don't want those issues. That's right. too much drama. Slide, what you got, man? I got I got a lot of things to say. I got a few things to say. Let me touch on what what Kat said. Um, going back with Hey Shanti, this is Sly. And um, the first thing, Kat Shanti, uh, the, about the relationship and men don't say anything. I want to express that that men don't communicate not so often. But picture it like being like a job. When you get when you get a job, you go into work. You gonna go to work every day. At six months or a year, you get reevaluated, right? If you never get evaluated. You, you still you still keep coming to work every day. If, my point is, if you never had this conversation to say, hey, where, where are we? Like Big Dog was saying, where, where is this relationship? There's, there's progressive steps to everything. So if you never stop to have this conversation or think to even ask this question, that's on you. And if you plan on, if you like being in that position because maybe you don't want to hear the truth, mm-hmm. then you, you have to just take your pill and swallow it. Now, my, ne- my next thing, and I, that wasn't even a question. That, that's just what I had on my mind. My next thing is you got to choose between is this book pro-wife or pro-side chick? Which one would you say? Mm, it's pro-wife. This is for the wives and the main girls. And this is showing you say, hey, get your man back. Like, I'm being honest with you. Like, this is what's going on in the street. This is real life. This is what these women is doing. And they going above and beyond to get your man. So if you slacking in these areas and you got all these rules and regulations, what you don't do and you ain't got time for, okay, what you gonna do another woman would. So this is what could possibly happen. So I'm telling you, sometimes we have to do what we have to do, which I mean, and you know, it could be the simplest thing, like, like a threesome. watching the game. And I talked about that. Mm, okay. And I said that in the book, but I said that in the book. I said, I'm not down with the threesome. You know, I don't get into people's freaky lifestyles, but whatever you have to do, not That's saying right. whatever, Bring but just friend. meet your just meet your man halfway. That's right. I, have, I know I know a lot of women that say, I don't do this. I used to do that. Or do it all. Sometimes you gotta keep your makeup done, stay in shape, have a life of your own. Bring your don't nobody wanna home. come home to a woman that go to work, come home, clean up with the kids. Don't have a life, don't do nothing. Then you go out say you have in the life and she blowing up your phone every minute every hour give that man some time for yourself let him be here with his guys and relax and unwind you don't know if he had a bad day at work you don't know anything chill relax go get a life for your own that's why i did not know that i was a sad chick i had a life of my own 
Shanti, um, another question. I got a couple more questions. Uh, do you personally, or um, now that you've written your book, do you think that men are supposed to be with just one woman? No, good question. <laughs> yes. Stop. That's it. the that's the dream. Wait, that's the dream. That's I'm the not, dream. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that's the dream. I'm, I'm not saying sexually, like always have multiple women to have sex with. But I, do you believe like that only man should be with one woman? Married to one woman or only have one woman? Like, I'm asking, do you believe in polygamy? No, I do not. Shanti, on a scale of one, on a scale of one and Steve Harvey, how bad do you make men look in this book? I'm actually on y'all's side. Oh. That's what I'm talking about. Right. I'm actually on y'all's side. I knew I'm telling I had you on this show, girl. Um, that's why I'm on y'all's side. I'm giving them the juice. Like, baby, if he won't, I don't know. Can I say certain things on here? Yeah, you, you can say, say whatever. If he wants you to suck his cock while he watch the game, do it. Do it. Hey. <laughs> hey, let me add to that. If he wants you to bring your sister over so all of us can be family together, do it. Don't do that. But you get what I'm trying. But you get what I'm trying to say. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm helping y'all out. Like, look, y'all finna be treated like kings. I got some, um, I got some challenges and stuff going on in the book where you might see a little difference in your relationship. You're gonna be like, dang, I ain't used to this. She ain't never did this before. You're gonna see some changes in your relationship. But also, I let the women know if you've done everything in your power to save this marriage, to save this relationship, and he's still doing him, he don't want to be kept. And he's the definition of a real fuck boy. And I have a session to my book that talks about that. Yeah. Yeah. We got another question for you, Shanti. Uh, Cousin Lamar, what we got in there? The same person, I think? All right, yeah. so, uh, yeah, next up, we got uh, Jessica. She's right now. She's saying, how long did you date him? Uh, three years. Wait, it took you three years to find out? Man, that, no, man. I found out at the end of year two. And when I found out about the situation, that's when everything started coming out. He was letting me know about the whole situation. I said, okay. You didn't so want to give up point, that pogo stick, huh? No, I did not stay. I did not stay. I did not stay. I actually left. We had stopped talking for almost six, seven months. And I told him, if you want to continue this, you have to bring those papers and you have to show me that this is what you want. But it, they was legally separated. They, they was married, but it was a lot going on with that situation. But he ended up telling me everything and coming clean because he had no choice but to come clean. Because at this point, we got a business together. Damn. We got kids. Oh, we had a lot man, of stuff going boy, on. Hey, can we oh, clap it so, up for him? Because, hey, he held you over as a side chick for two years. And you didn't, hey, we got hey, we got to get the brother some props in here. This is the man cave. Okay, so, um, so, yeah, once he, but listen, when he came back, he was all in. So I said, you know what? Okay. He didn't know that he had a deadline. I had a deadline in my mind said, if things is not finalized by this date, it's done. And guess what? Things wasn't finalized, so I left. And he didn't expect that because he was treating me so nice, giving me money, trips, and this and that. That didn't mean nothing. You could have gave me a million dollars, and I would have left still. Oh, you shouldn't have did no, that. No, you would. No, you one, one thing I wanted. One thing I want to tell all the ladies is this: there's a lot of great married men that will love you and his wife 
don't 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 let them don't let a little thing like marriage ruin a good relationship on the side. Exactly. You hear me? Can I ask you another question? Hold on one second. I'm waiting for Roland and Cat. Yeah, I want to hear Roland. I, I don't want to hear Cat. Because Cat over there, I think Cat just, I, I think Cat just lit up a Newport. Okay, hello. <laughs> Shanti, Shanti. I'm like taking notes and listening to the way people are hey. talking. Like I can't. I'm so confused. Hey, show that paper again, Cat. Shanti. Hey, yeah. CB, CB, Cat just wrote our own book. <laughs> <laughs> next week, next week we gonna be premiering Cat's new book. What the hey, hell are y'all talking about? I help you. I help you write that book real fast. She already done. She on a movie. Hey, 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 Sean, Sean, on the flip Sean. side, we're gonna get back to the interview in a second, though. I do want. I, I think I will need your help for some uh, ventures. I'm actually thinking about getting into for myself. But I want to bring in uh, Roland, though. Roland, you ha- you got something you want to say, brother? Oh, can I ask a question before Roland? <laughs> <laughs> no, we got. Um, let, let, let Roland get in here, man. Let Roland get in. I checked out your website and um, your 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 title is very confusing to the person who's just coming by. Did you intend on that confusion? On yes, conservation okay. sale. Okay. Now, do you share your backstory in the book? Is that something that you're willing to dive into today? Yes, I did. I, I put it all in the book. I'm, I'm an open book, baby. I'm okay, an open so, book. So one thing that, that really stuck out to me being the guy that I am is that you spoke about um the type of father you had or the lack of a father that prompted maybe you not recognizing in, in your YouTube um post. Yes, yeah, can you share a little bit more about that? I don't want to mess it up. So Yes. So um my father did not come into my life until I was 15. I knew of my father, but whatever happened between him and my mama, that's a whole nother subject. But um, but I had a lot of strong male men in my life. My grandfather was considered my dad. Like that papa, and he's still alive. He's 96 years old. I consider that as my father figure. My grandfather, his my grandmother, she died, her name was Helen. My grandfather took care of all his girls. He had all girls. And that was like my father figure. But I, my biological father did not come into my life until I was 15. But on top of my grandfather, I have a lot of men in my family that I consider like my big bros that actually put me on game. Like they were telling me things. I see them with different women. I'm like, oh, heck you know, how she don't know this? They was like, we showing you and telling you this for a reason to put you on game. So even in my past and certain relationships, I peeped a lot of stuff that a lot of women probably would have not peeped. And I saved myself. I mean, I had some heartbreaks in the past, but I saved myself from a lot of stuff. Cause like I said, Grandfather, the male men in my family do not play about me at all. Now, <clears throat> with that being said, and you had touched on a couple other things, and you know, I, I got sort of a reputation on this show as really caring for women. No, he's a captain saver hoe, to be exact. <laughs> no, seriously, that's what he is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I really struggle with this book and this in this concept and you know, your journey through this piece. Um, it seems like to me that instead of instructing women to do what you know do almost anything that they need to keep a man and whatnot um my thing is is how come how come you didn't recognize what it was to be in good relationship because one thing you said about the book you said teaching women how to have a life so they're not pestering their man but it seems like to me you had too much life 
that you was not paying attention or maybe your attention was diverted or, and I'm not trying to say you have to be Susie homemaker or whatnot, like nothing like that, <laughs> but, but also is it possible that women today have too much going on? That is possible. That is possible. Everyone's life is different. You know, my life, I'm young. I just turned 30. At the time, I was in my 20s. So I didn't have a lot. Of, I had time on my hand. The time I had on my hand was either with him, with my family, or with my friends. But if you don't have a life, you know, that's busy as mine, you may, I, I may have would have saw some certain things. I'm gonna be honest. I could have probably saw certain things if I wasn't, but that I was in that master's program and that took a lot of my time. And I was stressed out with work. I worked in a financial field. That was a stressful job. It was a lot of stuff going on. So I probably would have saw some signs if I had a little bit more time on my So head. is it possible, is it possible he was actually your side nigga? Was he my side nigga? Absolutely. No. Oh, really I wasn't know. talking to nobody. Follow, I wasn't. follow me, sweetie. Follow me. He was your side nigga to your life. He fit in with your life. Maybe. Mm -hmm. You know what? Good. I didn't think about that one. That's a good with one. With your wife. Captain Saber Road does it again. Captain Redirection. Saber. Redirection. <laughs> thank good you, shit, Roland. Good shit, Roland. Hey, thank you, so, Roland. Thank you very much. You so, just okay. gave, wait, hold on. You just gave me a whole idea for a whole nother. A whole Thanks. other chapter in that well, damn me, book. That's well, what hit, it is. Hit, hit me up because we can take this somewhere. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, no, seriously though. Uh, and one, 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 one last thing because I don't want to take it down this road too far. But um, I don't want to get into your relationships with like aunts and uncles and. But I know one thing in this age. How old are you right now? If I can ask, you said you're um, thirty. I just turned thirty in February. Happy birthday. Okay. So 80, what, 85? 88. February, 80. February 11, 1988. Okay, so from like 80 to like 95, what I've noticed is a lot of women of that age bracket haven't seen a lot of good marriages, haven't seen good relationships. So a lot of times a woman can't recognize what a man is doing because they they've seen their, their, their mother go through it. They've seen their aunties go through it. Oh, girl, you just better sit down somewhere. Or, oh, that's just men being men. And not recognizing that this man has totally put it you on the side. See, I'm I'm about holding the men accountable. But oh, for me today, I have a young lady in front of me. And all I'm saying is, sister, two things. If oh, you're going to have a career and you're going to have a life, then leave the man alone. But if you're going to have a man, have your man and, and stop chasing after things that may glitter but ain't gold. Oh, God. It's all about having a balance at the end of the day. You know what? Last night I was listening to a podcast. It's called Confessions of a, Walk a Workaholic. And that was one of the things that she was talking about or having balance in your relationship, in your entrepreneurship, and you building businesses and this and that. It's all about having balance. If you have balance in your relationship or whoever you're dealing with, things will be fine. If he supports you and you support him and you make time for him and so forth. I think things will be great. That's that's if he's a that's if, that's if he's a man like me. But 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 a lot of men aren't like me. So you have men that can feed you all that bullshit that you just said and have you thinking he's supportive, he's this, he's that, because you're taking your hands off the wheel. 
See, that's what I'm saying. See, saying balance <sighs> is something is something that's cool and it's something fly to say. You can't have balance in a relationship. You <sighs> have to pay attention to your relationship. Hold your man accountable for shit. And when the shit don't smell right, then you leave. I just feel like you're worth more than that. And the young ladies that may read this book, I believe that they're worth more than that. There's I, niggas out here that got I, no, but I talk about that. No, but I do talk about that in a book of holding. Like you supposed to hold your, like you want to hold him accountable for whatever. Because you know? what you let him get away with so much, regardless of what it is, it may not be a sad shit. It just be a verbal disrespect. I talk about in the book how I was physically abused. Now that's a that's a whole nother talk show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, wanna, I wanted to ask a boy. Let's give Roland a round of applause for making men look bad. Yeah. No, he didn't at all. He gave you back some dignity. He gave you back. By the way, this is Roland's last show, last time coming on inside the cave. <laughs> You've been fired. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be candid. I'm gonna be one hundred percent candid and honest with you. Can we still call you cat? When my situation happened to me, my heart was broken. I had no clue. I did not know. And no. that's not me being an idiot. That's not me being stupid. That's me not knowing. He's in I Germany. How you didn't know? I found out <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I mean, and I'm being, y'all laughing. Y'all really, y'all don't that even understand where you, I was. Did you, you ask him, Kat? Did you ask him, Kat? Of course I asked him. Of course. This was not, I am not an idiot. As a matter of fact, I'm the nosiest bitch you know. So I definitely did some homework. I checked the, the name on the building he lived in online, City Records, to find out whose name his home was in. This was not, I background check anybody I get serious with. You're not talking to a dummy. So when it happened to me, I was broken. Y'all exactly. don't get it. My children were involved. It was not some stupid man. It was a very intelligent individual who hurt my soul. Y'all don't, look. One of the things that I wish you would have spoke more on, sis, was male accountability. You spoke a lot about what women should do, but you didn't make the teeter-totter even. There has to be evenness. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, this conversation flipped and we became the ones that needed to learn something all of a sudden. Well, you know? it's true. No, but you know what? I do like I don't want to give too much of the book away. I don't want to give too much of the book away, but I talk about that. But as a woman, I need for you to speak on it and stand on it. Because it is a no slice, shut your mouth. This is a double standard, and I'm gonna stop it. I'm gonna stop this double standard. If you are in a relationship and you get with somebody else, whether you're married, single, whatever, if you get with somebody else and you're already in a relationship, there is a problem. And in this guy's case, in my life, I was just too much. He thought it was going to be sweet. He thought he could lie his way and chill a little while with me, but I became his everything. And he had to flip his life over. Mm -hmm. He didn't expect me. 
That's what it was. He thought it was sweet. He thought it was a side chick situation, but he came across somebody a little bit heavier. And so not to then, cut you off, and that's exactly, and that's exactly how my situation became. He already had intentions that, oh, I got this young girl, yada yada. I'm gonna have fun with her, and it ended up to being something way much deeper than that. I want for you can, guys can speak, to take can, this can, a little bit more seriously. No, you can't. Shut up. I'm on your side. I'm on your side. I want you all it's, to be, and Roland was trying to hint to you, silly niggas, to <laughs> admit, to admit where you could do something different. That's all Roland was challenging. Okay, let me say something. Let me, let me just say side. one thing, Kat. Kat, since the, be, since the beginning of time, man chases woman, male chases female. You put a bull in a, in a herd full of heifers, he gonna fuck all of them. That's what niggas do. That's what men do. See, White men, black men, me Latino okay men, we fuck. Okay we fuck that's any woman okay. that's around. That's, that's what we do. Nah, I, I do we not know. want to be the recipient of your rampant fucking. Oh, okay. you, I don't wanna be it. Santi I don't want your to be it. All right, here we go. Welcome back to Inside the Cave, InsideTheCavePodcast.com. It is Cave Crush of the Week, and we haven't done this in a long time, but I'm glad we get to do it now with a lady who I've been trying to get on since the beginning of Inside the Cave. I'm fine. I'm so glad we can get her on. She's not only our cave crush, but she is also a personal crush of mine, and I can say Joe Dirt, especially growing up. Oh man, I can tell you all the stuff that she's been in, and I've uh, been a fan of her since the beginning. She's been in roles, she's made guest appearances in roles of, of shows like Martin, The Hughleys, and A Different World, and countless others. But she's also popular for her role as Angela in the hit series Boy Meets World and, and the reprise series Girl Meets World. Welcome to Inside the Cave, the lovely Trina McGee. Woo! Hey. Yeah. By the way, thank you for coming on. By the way, did somebody say anything about Fountain of Youth? I mean, she, I know, right? whatever you're drinking and eating, uh, pass some of that over here. Thank you. I'm doing the best I can. You know, the fact of the matter is that I always played 10 years younger than my age ever right. since I so right know, all right <laughs> you know we're gonna we're gonna ask you about you know the boy meets world stuff but it's, it's so much more to you than that and I want to because you were um also on a different world I gotta ask you what do you think about the stuff with Bill Cosby you know it's wow that's a loaded question Woo, come out with the guns yeah. um you know what? I don't have a particular opinion one way or the other. I do know Bill Cosby was my first audition ever. I actually cut school with him. I got out of my chemistry class because they had an open call for the Cosby show. And I booked downtown uh, from Riverdale to Manhattan. And, and um, I went in and I actually got to audition. I auditioned for him twice. And both times you had to go in a general meeting and then a call back and both times I got to meet him but okay. I didn't actually book the part 
And I remember the second time I didn't, uh, I went in and I didn't look and I was sitting with this bench of the girls that didn't get it. We had to go at, back up from Brooklyn where they were shooting. Um, oh, okay. To, you know, back when they were going to drop us off home. <laughs> and we were sitting on a bench and we were like all sad. And, and Felicia Rashad came out and she was like, girls, you know how many parts I haven't gotten? I think you straighten up. So, you know, I say it to say my memories of Bill are that and other friends that I have on the show. I can't really have an opinion on what's going on with him now. You know, it's just not fair because I'm not, I'm not informed enough. I wasn't there. Yeah. No, I respect that. Um, no, you know that he definitely inspired me to to feel that I could do what I'm doing. And that's really all I can say. You know? So so the show was filmed actually in New York? The Cosby show? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it was filmed in Brooklyn in this in a studio right next to this other soap opera that I used to that my mother used to watch called Another World. Okay. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, they used to have a shuttle. You they 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 shuttle you from Manhattan to to tape that show, so, you know. Wow, okay, I always thought everything was filmed out in L.A. I didn't even know that. <laughs> All right, I uh, got to ask you this. So, sticking with the whole a different world thing, uh, how did you feel about the whole Jeffrey Owens thing when, you know, at one minute social media ripped him, then all of a sudden social media came to his back? How do you feel about, you know, actors and former actors and actresses, you know, getting a job? Like, what's wrong? I never understood, like, what was wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that, and, and no offense to anyone where people, it's a very hard line to walk. And honestly, it's not easy to just go get a job at a Trader Joe's or a Walmart or, or anywhere that you're really serving the public like that, because you are going to get recognized. But honestly, it's, I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's actually a, a, hum, a good humbly experience for a lot of people who have uh, have had any kind of form of success that they thought was permanent, you know. But I don't, I, I just, I have a lot of feelings about that. Like, I don't, of course it's not bad that he got a job and everything, but now it's like they're offering these jobs because he was yeah. working Trader Joe's off of Instagram. And, you know, I love Jeffrey and he's amazing, but you know, just, I don't know. <laughs> It's almost like it was a publicity stunt too. They, 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 like, they work out good. I don't know, because it kind of went through social media and then it landed. But I'm happy for him personally. But it's you know I just see a lot of people who are really um, deserving also, I guess. Right. You know, out of the sweat of just showing up to the uh, interviews and the auditions. I mean, why is that not good enough? <laughs> no, I get it. Anyway. No, I, I get it because I got, I got, whatever. But it's funny enough, I have a lot of actor friends who are like, maybe I should just go get a real job somewhere. And so we'll see. Yeah. So, I don't know, you know, sounds like a plan. I, I don't, I, I, I don't blame you. I mean, it worked out good for him. All right. It, you know, I got to ask you this. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Family Matters. That was the first episode that I remember seeing you on. It was an episode yeah. uh, called Josie and the Gun. And I, I, I can't, Joe, you guys probably, Sly was in college, so I know he probably didn't watch a lot of TV back then. But I remember this episode vividly because, like, in today's world, that wouldn't be a big deal. But you got shot and killed at 730. Not, not killed, I'm sorry. But you got shot in high school at 730. <laughs> 
at 7.30 p.m. in primetime. Like, this teenage girl just got shot. And, like, I thought it was real. I was a mark. You know, I was, what, 13 years old. So I, I really believed it. I'm like, I was sad, <laughs> you know? You know, I've done, I've done a lot of, that was my, those, that was the, the years of me doing a lot of sitcom. And um, so when I was doing it, it just kind of flew by. But then watching it over the years, I'm like, damn, I did that. The, the very special episode of Family Matters, I was shot on Family Matters. I mean, seriously. So I'm proud of that. I'm really proud of that, you know. Yeah, that was something, there were a lot of real good people in the episode uh, too. <clears throat> so named Tracy White was in it. You know, it was it was really cool, and I still I still holler at Cherie, uh, Cher Cherry on uh, Instagram and everything. You know, I think she saved my life in the scene or something like that. Yeah, you gotta you gotta say their characters' names. I don't know other than you, I really don't know them by their oh. real names. Darius, <laughs> come here. Oh, I know you ain't finna bring Eddie Winslow. Yeah, just Darius, just ask, just answer one question, <laughs> please. Come be in camera for two seconds. Two seconds. And then you have to go. <laughs> then you gotta go. <laughs> what was your uh, character's name? Hey, what up? What up? What up? <laughs> Big fan, <laughs> bro. Big fan. Appreciate it. Definitely. Everything is cool, slow motion. Just chilling <laughs> with Mama Bear. That's yeah. Good. How doing? No, good, man. Mine. Doing all right. <laughs> asking me about uh, Family Matters. Oh, husband. that's awesome. Cherry's character was Maxine. Maxine! from She played in Punky Brewster, too. She did. She did. That's yes. cool. Yeah, I remember. Thank you. Get out. <laughs> yeah, man. I just remember that because oh, that, that was epic to me to see, like, <laughs> A teenage girl gets shot in school because we didn't see all that. That was before Columbine and all that kind of stuff. You know, it wasn't happening like that. It happened over and over and over again. Right. Yeah, that was a that was a great role. And then I was like upset because you know I was a mark for TV, and then you didn't show back up. So I'm like, is she okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, what happened? This should have been a real. Is she okay? Is Chelsea okay? Yeah, we got to you know, find out. Maybe we'll write the episode later on. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hog it up because I want to go get to a different world in a second. But you guys got anything before I keep going? I do. I always like to to ask, like you've had a career like spanning twenty five years. Can you talk a little bit about like the education that goes into it and the training that you you know have to continually do to be competitive in your field? Because I think some people think it's just so easy. I can act and I can just do it, but there is like training involved. Yeah, the um, sister asked me about training. That's such a good, a good question. You know, um, my training started really young, but it was only on the job training. I didn't take acting lessons, but I did. Um, I was discovered as a young age because I thought I could do it. And I right away got a play off Broadway. And then I had to, then it, it was most on the job. You know, I, I would get jobs and train that. It wasn't until after I did when it, Sorry about that. Okay. No. Sorry. Was it after I did Boy Meets World that I actually went and took an acting class? Because I thought I was so honed into this particular style of acting that wasn't really what I started out in. I started out in, you know, thinking I was doing, you know, movie, more movie-esque acting. And then when you get landed in like a sitcom groove, <laughs> and then when it's over, 
and you know there's a multitude of opportunities you know i had to really fine tune then but it's ongoing now at this point because my uh, mindset is more one of ownership so i could of course I, I've, I've already done all the all the crafting i need to be an actress you know i've I, I don't think I really particularly need to go to a class right now or do that, but to have a ownership over your content, that's an ongoing class. That's to get on YouTube every day, learn this, learn that, you don't know something, and it keeps changing every day. So um, me and my husband, we do a lot of, uh, he especially, it's a great, we, we're in college every day. Um, when it comes to our uh, movie making and, and crafting the ownership of our content at this point. So that, that's, that's something people take for granted. People, kids come up to me all the time and they're like, hey, you know, I just direct, because it's so easy to direct or to put something out now that all the, the, the tools are around you so easily. Right. Um, people really do take it for granted. But, you know, that's why I, I kind of love my, um, my peers and my, what I say, my alumni of uh, Hollywood, because we're one, I think one of the last generations that we had some mentors that were like, you better know what you're doing. And, and that's still in my heart. And it's hard to really uh, bridge the gap of applying it to uh, um, a society that's not as interested in the training, you know, that we were exposed to. But I know it's doing great for me. And when, and when, as, moving into more of a position of ownership, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to really know what you're doing and, and know what to call things on set and, and have technical references. It's, it just makes you feel so much better and do better, you know, because your confidence is, and your uh, education is just up there. Hey, welcome back the to Inside the Cave. Our next guest know? is a very funny comedian that can be heard every single morning on the Steve Harvey Morning still, Show. His energy and charisma know. makes him one of Big the up. most popular and distinguished voices on the show. He's also an ambassador for Sickle Cell and once again doing more charitable work as Junior Claus. Welcome to Inside the Cave, the homie here, Junior Spates. Thank you. What's up, man? Man, and you know, I I'll never forget the first time I saw saw you perform, and I remember it was uh Steve Harvey's uh, farewell tour when it was like twenty twelve, I believe, when his farewell tour. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, man. Y'all came to Chicago. You opened up for him, and I was coming in just a little bit late, and you was performing, and then the. You know how some people, like every comedian has like that one thing you just remember about them, like the go-through thing, like Steve Harvey. When I think of Steve Harvey, first thing I think of, Cool in the Gang was unplugging, would have been unplugging shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Bernie Mac, Milk and Cookies. Every right. time I think of you, someone would ask me, Junior, what I <laughs> Junior, when I was walking in, I remember you saying, all right, all the, all the brothers on the down low make some noise. And I was about to yeah. raise my hand. I'm like, wait a minute, what the fuck he say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Yeah. I, I, man, wow. Let me tell you something. I don't even remember the I don't remember the rest of the show. I just remember that. Like that I, like who says that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well man, because at that time, you know, like man, it was just coming out like a lot of a lot of these dudes get caught, you know. <laughs> So I just wanted to know who was in here, you know. 
<laughs> you know, like I didn't understand. I couldn't understand, man. I just understand, man. I don't, I don't find nothing more attractive than women. I'm right. dog. I just, man. Exactly. Do you? I, I, I can't understand. Yeah. You know what? Why? Yeah. As a matter of fact, just ask me. What did he say? That, that's what I remember you saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dog. What did What did he say to get you? Like, what line did he use? I didn't even know, so I don't fall for it. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, yeah man. People come up to me all the time talking to me. You know, I don't want to fall for one of these lines. <laughs> you know, I like your shoes. Is that it? Is that the line? I like your shoes. Is that what is that? Is that the one? Um, hey, no, you, you drink here? Not no more. I used to. Hey, that's real talk. That's the real yeah. talk. That's real talk, yeah, man. man. But it was the way you said it, though. It was the way you brought it, and you caught everybody off guard. Because, like, I was in the crowd. I'm looking around. Everybody looking around like, hey, hey, what did he say? What did he say? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was funny, man. Good way to get it out there, man. Yeah, man. That that was... Oh, man. I ain't probably ain't done that joke since that tour. Yeah, <laughs> that man. Was funny, man. Funny, funny. Now, me and you got something uh, else in common. Uh, I remember you telling me this, man. That you used to work for General Motors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm still there. Man. <laughs> I just, I find early, I was built for that. <laughs> the, the, the union was lying on me, man. Now, not all of them are bad, man. It's just this one lady, man. She was the union boss, man. And she, she just had it in for me, man. It was just, I, I, they had me in there, man. I didn't even know how all of this stuff go. And man, you know, I'm on the management side, and she over there, man. And I'm talking about she in there cussing me out. You know, with, with my with my with my opposite in there with me. You know, she in there cussing me out. And the dude said I called I called HR on him, man. I said HR. I don't even know the number to HR. <laughs> like I. I mean, she let me have it. It would hurt my feelings every day. But then, man, Al, man, he's a little dude, brother, man, ran the whole body shop. Yeah. Al. Al, man, came to me, man, came to my office, man. The, big, the, the head dude comes in my office, man, and said, man, don't you sit up here, man, and let these people run over you. <laughs> Man, and that's when I found out. Now, now I know. Okay, now I know the game. Now, yeah, yeah. We would go at it every day. Yeah, that's my whole thing. I'm filing the grievance. I'd be like, file it, file it. Yeah, file the damn grievance. Go ahead. We ain't gonna do nothing. Get you a soda machine or something. That's all. Yeah, that's what it was all about. Yeah. Hey, you talking real? That's exactly what happened. A water. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. Which, which I want a TV. <laughs> Some seat these trucks. <laughs> oh man, I was in there, man. I knew it, man. But then I had some great people, man, that worked that worked on the line, man. I was friends with man. A lot of it just her, I just didn't like her. Yeah. She just was my 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 first introduction to to auto world, man. And man, it was I'm talking about every day. Man, it's every totally- day. This woman come down there, man. I, I mean, you know, my line leader, man, he 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 was lazy, you know, he go missing. You got to relieve these people. You can't go missing. Like, they this type of games. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> yes, this is exactly what happened. You know what I'm saying, man? Yes. All this stuff, man. Yes, this happens so still him, to I this day. Him, I tell him, ask him why he ain't do something. You know, like, this is their favorite thing to do. Like, I ask him why he ain't do his job. 
Right. Why is he doing his job? He he just turns to me and says, "I'm sick." Now I gotta let him go down here to the doctor. <laughs> to the I, I, I just was too through, man. <laughs> it's a totally different world, man. Man, <laughs> man. Hey, but, now, but, now man. I gotta ask you a question. How would <laughs> how would Steve Harvey deal with uh, y'all being a union <laughs> and that kind of shit? <laughs> how how would he deal with it? Yeah, <laughs> Steve. Steve, Steve was different when he worked on the line, man. He was. In, I, I probably wouldn't be able to handle Steve. Steve, he, he too conniving. He know too much. Like he knows too much, man. Anywhere in the world, you'd be able to control him on the line. Like he said, he catch people stealing other people's food, then they got to work for him. Man. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I found out you know he used to saying? work for Ford. I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, he's working for Ford, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. But he, he would be hell on the line, man. I could, I could already tell. Cause everybody like him, so you know, like you know, yeah. Like he kissed somebody stealing somebody else's food. He said, "All right, now, you know, I saw that. <laughs> now I'm gonna need to do me a favor. Now I'm gonna leave early. I need you to do my job. I'm I'm leaving early today. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, that's the type of stuff he do, man. He just, you know, but you know, it, 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 it was it was a good time, man. It, it, it was a lot. I learned it. You know, man. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, but just working that that. You know, working that uh, working that night shift, man. God, they hate working the night shift. Oh man, man. You know, you know one thing about they don't stop building trucks though. Just the nope. sun go down, they don't stop. That line don't stop. <laughs> that line don't stop. Still don't. Man, we was building the Escalade too. We was building the Escalade. It just came out. Uh huh. Oh, that line was moving, dog. All them cars was bought. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. man, this is crazy. This man, yeah, <laughs> that you know all this, man. Now, one time, man, I was running late for work, man. I walked in there wrinkled, and one <laughs> of the ladies that worked in my in my department, you know, she she was like, "Hey, don't you ever bring your black ass in here with this many wrinkles in your clothes? <laughs> you making us look bad." Oh, I was like, man. "Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am." Oh man, I'm just young. Let me know. Yeah, you yeah. had to be young because you young now. Like, so, like, how old was you when you started working there? Oh man, about twenty. Oh 19. my goodness! And you was on the management side too. Yeah, oh, man. man. Oh yeah, you had a bad. Yeah, you had. Yeah, a bad. man. Man, they they tell said like, boy, I've been working on this job long. You've been alive. Yes, like, they, yes, they, that's a lot. You know, like I got to take. Like that was the other problem because I was so young. They had they, I, they had to take orders from me. You know, but I didn't go in there and write like no. You gotta do what I say to you know, man. I just build relationships with people, man. Yeah. You know, I bring them donuts and stuff, you know. Yeah. Bring them donuts in the morning, you know. If we had a really good week, you know, what I'm saying, you know, what I'm saying, I buy everybody lunch, you know. Yeah. I got that wallet, man. I'm making. I, I I was too young to be making that much money. I ain't know what to do. Man, I try to tell people. <laughs> I try to Yo, tell people. You cannot give me a check. Yeah. After tax, it got seven thousand dollars in it. Yeah. Bye. I can check on Friday. By Monday, I I, I need another check. <laughs> he said by Monday, I need, I need another one. Wait, man, because, man, I was at the club, man. I was, I, was, I, was, I was at the club. I was buying flowers. I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So, 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 okay, since you bring all that up, how did you go from there to, like, to decide that you wanted to do comedy and then you started, like, acting and everything else? Like, like how did yeah. you make that transition? Like, that's, cause I, that's something I always wanted to do, man. I didn't really want to do that. I don't have the personality for that. I I'm not structured like that. Yeah, yeah. I can't Money. do the same thing over and over and over and over. That's exactly. And be happy. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just wasn't, it just wasn't for me, you know? It just wasn't for me, man. I just, you know, then Brian was like, man, you might well go ahead and just do what you're supposed to do, man. And I said, yeah, cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Quit there and then uh, started working at this paint company and just trying to tell jokes, but then I didn't like working at the paint company. You know, I, I didn't like, because I was the only black in there and I'm in Texas, so they tell you pretty much how that go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they slaving me, man. Mm. You know, they was slaving me, but that's right though. I, I mean, I had, you know, I had a little side hustle, you know. Right. You know, I stole some paint and sold it on the side. You know. <laughs> the statute of limitations. I, is I, look, I look, look at me and think I didn't do stuff like that. Yeah, I did that all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oil based paint. That's that's fifty dollars a bucket. Yeah, yeah. Let me get this. Now it's seventy five in the store. It's fifty for me. You know, man, I almost got busted, but you know, <laughs> I, when they was all in there looking at TV, I was out there just shopping. <laughs> I was taking five gallon buckets, put it in the trunk of my car. My little Mexican partner, he meet me down the street, making me make me a quick hundred fifty. Oh man, <laughs> inventory was always off. <laughs> we never had inventory together. Inventory stayed off. Yeah, they be. <laughs> they trying to hear, and I be, and then hit the crazy part about it. Inventory be off. I know who stole the paint, <laughs> but I've been there helping though. Right, right. Listen, man, we had about four. Did we have four? Was it four? It was four in there. Yeah. No, it wasn't four. Well, I thought we had two. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just in there helping. My guilty ass looking all in the computer. <laughs> yeah, I'm going back and forth out the door. I don't see it. Oh man! Oh man! I'm glad it's not you. All to be in my trunk. Hey, gotta do what you gotta do. Like you say, hit a side hustle. Oh, yeah, man, you look at you now. Oh man, blessed man. That's what I'm trying to tell you, man. God is forgiving God. Yeah, blessed now. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, you know what I remember you saying on the radio one time? You say a lot of crazy stuff. I'm matter of fact, I'm gonna just. Bring up some stuff that just I remember you saying on the radio. I don't know. I, I like how you just play your role. You know what I'm saying? Because you got a lot of you got a lot of OGs around you with Steve, nephew, and Jay, and you always know how to just slide a joke in. And then like you know, like I remember one time they was talking about the bank and stuff. You said, "Oh yeah, I'm good going to the bank now. I love when I come in the bank now. They, they approach me a lot different now." Yeah, I ain't gotta. Yeah. Go- I ain't got to go through that bringing that uh, two. I done been through all this having two dollars and thirty two cents in the bank in my bank account. Yeah, so I, I yeah, man. No See, the, the bankers know you. They know who got money. They know who don't. They know when you're in here playing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They know. Nah, man, it's different now, nah, man. I, I used to go in the bank, man. I'd be disgusted because I walk in here knowing it's thirty dollars in here, and they do too. They treat you different, huh? <laughs> hey, man. Now I go on there now, man. Oh, it's very different. Glad to see me now. <laughs> Mrs. Space, it, it's something they never offer you. You know, like they offer to me now. Like, Mrs. Space, have you thought about taking out a taking out a loan for a home? Yeah. Oh, I haven't thought about that. Ah, oh, you need to start looking for a home. <laughs> How they used to treat you? You ain't got no money. They, you ain't got no money. They don't bring that up to you. <laughs> Miss Faith, you looking for a car loan? Right. Yeah, they got that for you. <laughs> oh, man. 
When you ain't got no money in that bank, they don't they don't really care if you got a car. They don't care how you got in there. Right, right. Oh man. They don't really care. <laughs> hey, you know, I like the I remember one time, I think this was like twenty fourteen, maybe twenty fifteen, and it was a Monday and y'all do the pastors and, and Tommy didn't show up that day. He was you know, probably had to work the next the the, the night before, so he didn't come in Monday. So uh-huh. you had to be the pastor. <laughs> and and, uh, and you know, <laughs> you you gonna tell Steve, Uncle Steve, you said uh, the congregation was singing, uh, "I'm in love with the cocoa." <laughs> I got it for, <laughs> 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 and, the, and the pause among Steve for a while. He had to gather himself because he was laughing. I heard him, and then he, then he responded with something way more ignorant, and then Colin, yeah, that- Colin shut the whole segment down. <laughs> <laughs> man. Hey, that's what I love about Carla, man. Carla, all right, all right, hold on. Carla and Shirley, they be like, hold on, hold on, wait a minute now. <laughs> yeah, because we, well, we, we don't, we as comedians don't have no limit. We don't really think about, you know, that type of stuff. We, we just doing it for the last. Welcome to Inside the Cave. You all remember her from the hit 80s show, Punky Brewster, and also most notably from Family Matters, playing Maxine. Uh, that's what I really had a crush on her. Welcome to Inside the Cave, Miss Cherry Johnson. Oh, thank you so much for having me and for such a nice, warm welcome. Okay, but like I said, I, I got distracted again. Watching you all grow up. Now, did you all like, Was it, did you all have any creative control? Like, because you guys were growing up, like you went from, you know, preteens to full-blown teenagers like did you all like did, did they did the directors ever come up with something like whack and you guys had to be like look we wouldn't do that in real life like let's do it Often. this way okay <laughs> especially for kelly and i at one point we had all right white writers and so they were writing for white teenage girls <laughs> and we were like yo we, we we don't even talk like that so <laughs> We would go in the editing room and like in the writer's room sometimes and be like, can we just talk to y'all for a minute? And I remember the writers sitting around the table while Kelly and I went in and we gave them just like lingo. We were like, this is the slang that we're using now. This is what it means. Yeah. Can you please incorporate this? Because I do remember one time you saying something. Oh, I remember it. I remember it just like it was yesterday. Somebody is spreading a rumor on Laura saying that he, oh, that her first boyfriend was was uh, was uh, had, uh was had slept with her, and you didn't know how to tell her. You told her there's a rumor about you out here, and it's a doozy. And even me, I was thinking like, yeah, the black girl ain't gonna say it's a doozy. Where'd she get that from? That's the only time I was like, Wait. from some writer, <laughs> <laughs> definitely from some writer. But it's probably a lie that somebody done told on me. There's a very famous actor out there that was the first one to lie on my coochie, and I still look at him like he's crazy every time I see him because I was only 15 years old when he told a lie, so I hadn't had sex yet. I, I, I hadn't heard about this. Like, ooh, He's on one of the biggest hit shows there is. I won't give names, but I'll just say it ain't power. Okay, so it must be the other show that I don't watch. <laughs> What's the name of that? Empire. Damn, Terrence Howard said. Terrence Howard said. That he... <laughs> what? Yeah, damn, Terrence what? Howard. Terrence Howard. What? 
I forgot he was on that show. I remember him making that a cameo on Family Matters. That is crazy. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And you know who else I remember being on that show? Um, the little the little short girl, Danny Nicolette, I believe. I think I think that's her name. She played Veronica. I forgot Rhonda, Vonda, or some shit like that. And uh, turns out she ended up being like Kevin Hart's wife and something. Like I just, it's like this amazing cast of people that was on that show. Like Lorenz Tate was on that show, you know. Yes. Garcelle Dublevin. Exactly, she uh, was on there. Vivica Fox. Vivica Fox. I don't remember when was Vivica Fox on there. Vivica Fox was on there. I think she played Onisha, who is actually my cousin's name in real life. I think that's why I remember that. <laughs> wow. So, do you when you were when you were recording? I know you said you were in another world, but did you realize that you were part of like, especially black TV history? Did you realize that you were part of that? Not until it was over. <laughs> That's amazing. Absolutely not. I had no clue. Wow. That's that's crazy. I know. That's that's crazy. I'm telling you, I lived in a bubble. I was in La La Land. I had a free telephone, free food. And a car, dude. I could do anything I wanted to do. What was going on at work was the last of my worries. That's crazy. That is crazy. I was literally living a great life. That's the dangerous thing about Hollywood. You know, you're young. You're dumb. Yeah. You have endless money. And you do anything you want to do. Right. I mean, but at least you survived it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Well, not even survived. I lived it. And that's the greatest part. I lived it. I enjoyed it. But, like, you know, I was just kind of like, so are we going to do my scene next or are there other scenes next? Because if there's other scene next, just run to the mall real quick. Because <laughs> I'm going out tonight. Do I need something to wear? <laughs> Like that's where my head was. Right, right, right. So like were you it says you were like on sixty episodes or something like that. So even like on the on the shows that you weren't like uh filming on, were you still like always there? Even No. If, okay. No. Why would I be there? That'd be weird. The shows that I wasn't there, I was out, I was going to school, I was hanging out and doing whatever young kids do. I was on a tour bus. I was going to basketball, football games. I was going to an island. I was doing everything. So what was that like, though, trying to live a, be a regular life, regular kid, but you're, you're on TV every day? Like, what was that like? We did, I, I don't know, because I, I don't have another life to compare it to. Okay, for instance, like, if that was me, and okay, if I was you, but the male mm-hmm. version of you, I would probably have about seven baby mamas and about seven custody cases. But girls' life is different because, like, like what kind of groupies did you have? I know I would have plenty of groupies if I was on a primetime show on Friday night. So male groupies are real, and they're still alive and well. <laughs> Most of the men that I ever dated, I actually wrote a book. It's called Stupid Guy Diaries, and it talks about nothing but groupies. And after about 20, I had to stop because I started feeling like a hoe. But then I realized, well, maybe you're not a hoax. You really didn't get to sleep with half of them because they couldn't keep their mouth shut. Yeah. So 
you're okay, but I just couldn't write any more diary entries because it made me start feeling weird about myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, I, this is the first time I really heard of, like, a male groupie, like... Are you kidding me? I'm serious. I, I, I don't really understand, like, what a male groupie is. Like, what... What does a male groupie do? Like, I know what... Let me just put... It's the same thing a female groupie does. If you put me, Brandy, Countess Vaughn, Megan Good, Gabrielle Union, you know, who you put us all in the same room, we can all laugh about the same guys. Same thing female groupies do, but worse. The difference is when, let's say, a Darius, right? He's like six foot two, 230 pounds. When he goes in his hotel room and there's a naked girl in there, it's cute right he's not afraid for his life when i walk in my hotel room and there's a man that's six foot two 230 pounds naked in my bed i'm terrified yeah i'm scared i'm gonna get raped right those are my that's happened to you twice twice because in atlanta once in new york get the fuck out of here one of the guys worked at the hotel and made himself a key the other guy, his last name was Johnson, and he told the people at the front desk he was my husband. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And they, they, and they were just in your room? Naked. In the bed. This was during the Family Matters times? Those were after. After. Mm-hmm. Jeez, that, I'm, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. I, I just can't picture because, like, I mean, I'm sure those guys got arrested, right? I don't know either one of them did, honestly. Yeah, like you said, because like if a woman does that to a guy, you know, like you said, it's cute. It's hell. You feel almost feel honored, but like you said, a man, you just you know. Oh the violent nature of, of men all, all the same stories that men have so do the women women just don't talk about it that's crazy I would I don't know I, I don't know why I just that's like hard for me to believe like like for I don't know why I'll put, put it to you like this I've been around through through the music business I have a lot of friends that had a great music career and I was fortunate to be I don't know maybe unfortunate but I was around a lot of the shit and I seen a lot of stuff unlike you I'll tell names because I don't care no more like I was around the whole R. Kelly stuff from 99 uh, 2000 to 2005 4 or 5 well Aaliyah, Aaliyah was my friend so oh god you just made this shit <laughs> Really? That was your yeah. friend? Yeah. How'd you meet Aaliyah? So dirtbag. Um, Barry Hankerson, her uncle, is my brother's godfather. So it's kind of like one big happy family. Get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And that's why I got to do great things and go on tours and be on tour buses and go from city to city to city. Yeah. I'm telling you I live my best life. Jeez. Now, yeah, he's a scumbag. Yeah, he is, and and I and I don't mind saying that now that I'm not around. Me neither. He hates me because I say it all the time, and I say it on social media, and I I tag him. So you met Rob before? 
pervert. Yeah, pervert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, how old were you when you met him? Maybe 15. Really? So you knew when Aaliyah got married, huh? Even little Aaliyah's got it. She was like fucking eight when he sang that. Wait, she was eight when what? Remember the song Vibe? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. She did. That is right. I forgot about that. Yeah, she was like eight or nine. How the fuck did he even know her? Oh, because of Barry. That's right. Because of Barry. She'd be running around the house playing and he was fucking eyeing her. Sick fuck. Yep. Well, I mean, that tops everything I was about to tell you, but... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I can just imagine. I can imagine. But you know what? I grew up in the times where... God, I hate... Like, Easy e was, was the homie, you know? And the guys from was NWA... That was the homie. The guys from NWA treat me like I'm a little sister. They sent me home a lot. Um, I was well protected, you know? There's some basketball players who, Chris Webber, um, just a slew of them, Oliver Miller, Olden, Old Apollonies, they used to send me home, Mark Curry. Yeah. I, I didn't know that some of the parties that we would go to to start out as parties, right. and then after 12 o'clock they would become orgies. I never knew because I got sent home. See, that's all the. Yeah. All those guys protected me. You, you knew little Leah guy. Like you, man, you really threw me off. I must have just throw away this whole fucking. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you just want to throw the whole interview in the trash? No, no, I'm talking about throw, throw away all my. I don't. What do I need my questions for? You giving me all the material? That's what I'm saying. I might as well just throw all that shit. Like, no, 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 no. I'm sure you're talking about stuff we need to talk about. Like, what am I doing now? That, that was going to be the next question, but I'm still like, <laughs> that was like, I just can't believe. So how was it? Like, I, I don't mean how was it, but like when Aaliyah passed, like, where were you at when this happened? Oh, my God. I'll never forget that day. My mom called yeah. and I was actually at Eminem Soul Food off Crenshaw uh-huh. and I was eating with my homegirls. And my mom said, put Jocelyn on the phone. And Jocelyn said, what? Okay. Okay, mommy, I'm bringing her home now. And I looked and I was like, what the fuck happened? Jocelyn was like, nothing. She was like, can I have the check? And I was like, what? You could just see like the terror in her eyes. She's, she's still one of my best friends in the world today. And I was like, mom, what happened? And my mom said, where's Belong? And I said, I don't know, that's my brother. Yeah. And she said, where's Jomo? And I said, I don't know, why? And I looked up at the TV and it said, plane crash. And my mom said at the same time, baby Aaliyah just died. There was a plane crash. My mom was calling. She didn't know if my brother and my godbrother were on the plane with her, which usually they would have been. And I said, what? And I don't remember anything else. Wow. I just remember somehow Jocelyn got me home. She took me to my mom's, and I mean, I didn't even live at my mom's, but my mom took me home. Long story short, my godbrother was in New York, and my brother was in California. They were not with her. 
and one ended up in the hospital because he had a heart attack. So it was a it was a really it was a time in my life I'll never forget, and I never want to like live it again. Yeah, um, I remember the day I was at this pizza place when I heard about it, and you know, you know what's crazy? I remember being in high school, and Aaliyah, I guess she's like a year or two older than me. So I remember the rumors about her and R. Kelly or whatever like that. I remember when when R. Kelly was messing with whatever, whatever happened, you know. And I just remember being a kid thinking like, fuck, it's Aaliyah. Aaliyah fine as hell. Why wouldn't he be messing with her? That's what I was thinking as a kid. Like, why shouldn't he say a teenager? I was like, Shh, what man wouldn't mess with Aaliyah? It wasn't until I got like... 29 years old and I watched the video the interview uh, he did with Aaliyah and on BET and that was the first time I looked at her and I was like man I was a kid because at the time she yeah. was older she was older than me and all I saw like I looked at you on family I'm like girls are fine as hell like what man wouldn't but it wasn't until then I'm like wait a minute now, now that I'm older and I'm looking at her like there's nothing attractive about now when she was on rock the boat she was attractive but when i see her on that interview as a 15 year old kid I'm like that's a 15 year old kid 15 year old girl like 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 bro what what, what you doing man like you don't you don't do that like, you, yeah you don't do that man that's talented girl yeah. though man did you know she was going to be did you know she was as talented as as she was, did you yes. know? Yes, yes. Watching her perform was magical. And she picked up dance steps like it was nothing. She could sing, dance. I always ask this question. I always want to know this question. Um, if she would have still remained with us, how big would Beyonce be now? Or no, why do people do that? No, you know what I hate? They always try to compare, like you have to pick one or the other. The great thing about entertainment is there's room for every one of us. Yeah, that's true, but there's- Every one of us have our own lane. Aaliyah is not Beyonce, and Beyonce is not Aaliyah. They're two completely different entertainers in their own right. And for some reason, people don't do that to white entertainers. They don't say, oh, you know, if, Janice Joplin or whatever her name is, Janice Joplin was alive, would there be an Adele? They don't do that. They didn't, you know, they don't say, oh, you know, we have Madonna, so we don't need a Lady Gaga. No, there's room for both of them. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, you're right. We we do. We It seems like we do, but I, I feel like they do it on their side too, but... I can't give an example right now, but I was trying to think of one, but I feel like it's on both sides. I think, but in this business, to me, it seems like a competitive business. So I would think that the the competitiveness is what makes you all achieve. Like the fact that you rip your braces off to get a role. I mean, at 14, I mean, that shows competitiveness. Like you wanted that part. Like, I think at the end of the day, everybody wants to be on top and 
I just I always wonder that because she was so talented, so beautiful, naturally beautiful too, you know. And I just wonder. I, I always wonder, like, what would a world be like if she was still, if she was still here? Like, would it? Because I mean, we do it with Tupac too. Like, I always wonder, like, if Tupac was still here, would would there ever been a DMX? Would there ever been a Ja Rule? Would hell would there ever been a Jay Z? Like. If, there was a there was a Janet Jackson and we had Paul Abdul. Yeah, you can't make the comparison. I don't think I think they're two different people though. Exactly, just like Aaliyah and Beyonce, two completely different people. Yeah, two completely different vocal skills, two completely different performances. One is a total tomboy who's more like a T boss. And then Beyonce is like um, a Diana Ross or something. Differently. Yeah, I think I think Aaliyah could have been like a Diana Ross too. She was a diva. Yeah, but I don't. They wouldn't get the same songs. You know what I'm saying? Just, they wouldn't do the same songs. They don't have the same performances. Okay. I just I really think there's there's room for both of them. Yeah, yeah, it probably would have been. I just wonder which one would be on top like which one not on top like which one would be both Both. absolutely did you know her when she was I'm not know her but were you like around her when she was with Dame Dash you know what she's gone okay so whoever she was with she was like that's not my story. I tell my story, but I can't tell other well, people. I, I just, I, I was, I wanted to know were you like around the Rockefeller era? Like, were you around that? That's what I, I was talking about you. So that's why I asked. Oh, okay. What, what do you want to know? Right. You want to know if I know Jay? You want to yeah. know if I know Dan? Hell yeah. Do you? <laughs> I guess you say you, you don't need to be around. You don't need to be around her to know them people, huh? <laughs> no, I'm just saying we, we've met. Cool, cool, cool. Like, what was it like being yeah. around? Because Dame, Dame was the person that who, who I always like looked up to. I always like the the per, the person he was. I felt like he's the one that really built that whole thing over there, and I, th- I don't think he gets enough credit. So I always wonder, like, what was he? I never met anybody that really knew him or been around. He him. was nice. He was nice, or he was nice to me. Cool. The guys were always nice. Yeah. Nice, quiet, and charming. Get the latest in cave fashion at CaveCrushShop.com. That's CaveCrushShop.com. Follow Inside the Cave on Instagram for more thought-provoking ignorance. We repost, you decide. Now you feel freer than you Welcome back to Inside the Cave. Our next guest uh, calling in right now is a the CEO of Encourage Millions. She's a model turned mogul mom. I got to talk to her about that. A model turned mogul mom. All right. She's a real estate investor and educator. Doing a lot of good in the hood from Alabama, where one of our co-hosts who didn't make it today is also from. Welcome to Inside the Cave, Tiffany D'Andrea. How you doing, Tiff? Hey, I'm fine. Thank y'all for having me. Alright, so, you know, Jay-Z dropped that album, was it, uh, 444 last year, talking about the story of OJ, 
reinvesting in the hood, and then we see somebody that's actually doing it. How, uh, tell everybody, like, how'd you get started with that? What made you want to start buying up old trap houses, if I, I guess I'm saying that right? <laughs> and then, you know, putting it back for, in the hood for, uh, you know, for the community. Talk about that. Um, well, I actually grew up in the hood, so um, I've always, I mean, that's where my heart is. Um, so I just basically started because it's really like runs in my family. My dad was a real estate agent and a broker, and my mom used to own a couple of homes back in the day. So um, actually what ended up happening was I went through a really bad divorce, and when I'm mad, I either go out and buy stuff or I eat. And so I ended up coming back to where I grew up and I found a house. And when I was driving around, I noticed that we had like hundreds of houses that were abandoned, boarded up. And I bought, I ended up buying that house. And what I didn't know was that the house next door was a drug house. It's a trap house. So the guy would always come over and bother my contractors when they were rehabbing my house. And I just got tired of it one day and I just told myself I'm going to end up buying his house. And it just <laughs> happened from there. Like, I mean, he didn't own the house anyway. He was just in it. But that's what I ended up doing because I got tired of seeing So he was selling work out the house, huh? Right. Okay. <laughs> so he got raided and, they, uh, and, they, and that's how you was able to get it? No, he actually, the house was in a, um, the way I acquired the properties, uh, we ended up starting a land bank here. So um, they basically sell the houses for $3,500. So he was, <laughs> yeah. So when they get ready to go, when you get ready to apply, you go through the process, they go and they put a, a big, huge sign on, on the porch or in the, in the yard or something like that. And I guess when he saw that, he just decided to leave. And so he hadn't been back since. So so if he shows up tomorrow, uh, like, yeah, I left something down the basement and the ceiling. Uh, what you going to do? <laughs> nah, he not showing up. We not, we, we, we not um, <laughs> over here empty handed. I'll just say that. <laughs> FCB, I just want to throw in there that Chicago also offers a lot of offers on those types of houses as well. The houses that have been condemned, um, many of the vacant lots once a year go on sale for a dollar in many of our neighborhoods. So there are the opportunities for every city uh, are there to kind of grab up abandoned buildings. Hey, Tiffany, but how, right. how much are the taxes, though? For You said a house for 3500 How much are the taxes? Um, so it goes on the asset, on the value. So... The house was thirty five hundred, but because of the condition that it's in, it's valued at fourteen thousand dollars right now. The last time that I checked, the taxes um, will be around uh, five hundred dollars a year. Five hundred dollars a year? Oh my God! We got to move south. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! But you don't have to live here. Right. To invest here. Right. Right. So, right. $500 taxes a year? That's crazy. That's good, man. But that's smart on your part, though, man, to take that and invest like that. So so it says that you like in the, in the tech. And, the, and then, guys, y'all go ahead and jump in. Rolling slide D. You said, go ahead. Y'all got something to ask. I, I was going to change into something else she, she's into as well. Yeah, so I'm going to 
Uh, do does hmm, does does the neighborhood help you with the purchasing of the house? Meaning, are, are some of the neighbors that may have quote unquote a trap house on their block are they are they coming to you like can you can you buy this house? I know this is what you do. Can you can you buy this house? I'm sick and tired of these neighbors. Are they coming to you actually, like that? Actually, no. And I'm gonna tell you something that a little like. That kind of like uh, is a pet peeve of mine about us and being in the hood and this and that. So what I've noticed is because I was featured on the news here, what I've noticed is that people that live outside of the hood would contact me about doing it, but the people that live in the hood, I mean, they're just silent. Now mm. my na- the neighbor next door that was on the other side of the house. He's actually elderly, you know, and he was like excited because he was like, you know, he's sick of living there with the house looking the way it looks because like the roof was is all messed up. And if you go to my Instagram, Encourage Millions, I actually posted the house and I talk about how much work is going to need. But I'm kind of like shocked that people around here, like now that I'm back and I came back to where I grew up, it's kind of like at a point where it's a newer generation and they don't care. Like the elderly people may care, but you know, they don't have the means to contact me on Facebook or contact Mm. me on social media. But the newer generation just, I mean, they don't care. Yeah. Anybody else got something? How many houses do you, uh, properties do do you own now? So currently I'm on my fourth property. One of them is a duplex. Um, the duplex that I got recently for $700, it was in the um, tax sale. Wow. wow. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Can you, can you, and, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, and I was gonna say just to, um, because I know the meme that went viral on Instagram and was saying that I flipped. Yeah. And I just need to clarify that because when you buy in the hood, the hood is not an area where you can flip. So basically what I do is I buy them, I rehab them, and I rent them out to someone. But a lot of people was like, oh, well, it's gentrification. Well, it's not. Well, in my eyes, it's not because I'm not going to raise the rent. So if this area starts to, you know, get gentrified or anything like that, I'm keeping my rent. at like So right now, rent goes for $600 to $700 a month. I'm keeping it there. Shit. Let me but, tell you something, Tiffany. I wouldn't. You better, man, better get your money. Fuck. Hey, fuck everybody else. Get your money. You, hey, hey, you can't help the poor if you one of them. Get your money. Shit. Yeah, you took the risk. You the one took, you took the risk. You know what's funny about that word, gentrification, and, and how loosely we use this word. Um, uh, by the way, Roland, um, please report on IG. Um, but uh, what you're doing, whether you wanted to air quotes gentrify or not, um, that's your prerogative. You know, you say that you're doing something for the community coming in, buying these homes that literally would stay abandoned or even become or stay trap houses. And I right. think that in this new conscious movement, this new woke movement on social media has us throwing this word around. But I never find people, no, I, I take that back, such as yourself, or um, I think his name is uh, Mark Morrison or something like that. 
he's buy, he's doing the same thing he does real estate try to buy back the hood i see a couple of ig pages out there but for the most part in these neighborhoods the people who live in these neighborhoods whether they feel helpless or they don't care or whatever the case may be i, I find it funny how when white people come in and gentrify there's never no fight back <laughs> it's not like right. there are black people with, with with means and money that can come in and do it so if if you're black like what does gentrifying actually mean? If they're using that against you, then I believe that they're just using that as a word they really don't know the meaning of because you're actually right. trying to save the community and right. keep it with us. Gentrifying is when you come in, buy low, raise the, fix up the homes, bring in white people, and you know raise the rent. You know what I'm saying? And then right. put the black people out. But that's not what you're doing. So I don't understand why we throw around that word. And then the other thing, Tiffany, most of them ain't going to buy from you anyway. <laughs> they ain't going to buy from you. They ain't going to rent from you. You know what I mean? So, hey, make your money. Uh, what they say, the best thing you do for poor people is not be one of them. Shit. <laughs> that's just so wrong. <laughs> Y'all, y'all, y'all better not make me no cave crush. I already looked. So. I already told, listen, I already told him not to ask you the question. inside the cave, cave crush. Hey, check it out, check it out. I, my, my role on the show is I got the cape on, so I've been, I've been blocking stuff for you the whole show. Something some snuck through, but I, I tried my best. Tiffany, since you brought it up, Cave Crush, I didn't even think you knew anything about that. So, uh, since I mean, don't do it, CB. I, I gotta, I, I, I gotta ask this woman and what she's doing. I gotta ask. Look, look, look. We got, we, we got a, we got a, a, a huge base of listeners that expect me to ask these questions. These are the cave. These are these are the, these are the cave crush questions of the week. We gotta ask. We gotta ask you. She's not a cave crush. It's just a legitimate interview. It's a, cave crushes are legitimate interviews too. I gotta ask her. I've been I've been overruled. Sorry. Heels on or heels off? And I already seen your modeling picture, so I know the answer. I'm saying I'm home because you stopped my Yeah. Wow. Okay. Hair up or hair down? Uh, down. Okay. To the side or take them all the way off? <laughs> oh. Wow. That's all I need to know. Sly, you got anything? Uh. <laughs> I'll be crying if I ask my question. <laughs> I really be doing too much. Hey, Tiffany, Tiffany, one more time. I'll give you everybody your your your, uh, your info one more time. Then we promise you we're going to let you go. I promise you. <laughs> okay, you can find me at encouragemillions.com and also Encourage Millions on Instagram and Facebook. Our next guests have a weekly segment on one of my favorite radio shows, the J. Anthony Brown Show. These two sisters deliver blunt, comical commentary on politics, trendy news, and relationship advice. They have received an award for being a top talk show in Houston. Like I just told them, I'm so excited to talk to them. Welcome to Inside the Cave. This is not CB calling that. This is their official name, the Gossiping Heifers. 
right. Why do you call yourself heifers? Is that a term of endearment? Like the way black people call themselves the N-word? Is that what it is? Yep. yep. It is a term of endearment and influence of rum. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, because man. Rochelle came up with the name, and I mean, I gave the name to show a corny name. No, but no, we gotta have something to pop. And then at the time, we were having indulging in some cocktails. And I just said, you know, bro, what can we call the show? And it came flat out of her mouth, Gospel Heifers. Okay, I so said, we got like we, that. so we got Rochelle and Michelle on on the show, right? Yeah. And okay, Correct, you guys yeah. are a sisters, right? Who's the oldest one? Michelle's the oldest. That's myself, and of course, Rochelle. And Rochelle, I'm the baby. baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> So you so you used to, used to spank you used to spank Michelle keep her in check. Um, actually, because you would have thought by the way we acted that I was the older sister, because mm. I would whoop anybody's ass that came near my sister or me. Mm. That's funny because my youngest son is the same way about my old about his older brother. I mean, they only five and three, but they act the same way. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, some some of the younger siblings can take on the more dominant role, but look, I'm I'm running this. That's crazy. <laughs> Y'all got any other siblings, or is just you two? Uh, uh-uh, just us. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know if I can take another one of her. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 we good, dude. Okay? That girl, unless she is the half, and she just don't know. Now, uh, now. I always brag about the list of people that we've had on our show. But like I said, I just thought you guys had a comedians that had a segment on, on J. Anthony Brown's show. I didn't even know you guys had one of the top podcasts. I mean, thousand streams a day. Sheesh, I need them yeah. numbers. But uh, yeah. hey, everybody pushes it, brother. Hey, man, I'm telling you, that's that's great right there. So so uh, like the list of people you guys had on, you guys had Kevin Hart, DJ Envy. Uh, yeah, Charlamagne on God. Yeah, Charlamagne on that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, we've we've been very fortunate um to actually talk to some great people of influence, not only you know people that we're personal fans of, but you know influences of the culture. And actually, everybody would not believe everything that's been done with this show has been done just between the two of us. So we do all the booking, all the graphics, all the uh, production. And the booking part, I think, is the most hardest portion of it. And that's why Michelle deals with that. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds familiar. I don't know where I've heard that before, but sounds familiar. Uh, Anyway, Uh, continue on. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, uh, it turned into a hobby from um, talking trash amongst friends, you know, doing a little leisure indulgence. And um, they were like, man, y'all just funny. And I was like, you know what? Why don't we do it? Because we were uh, were actually friends with Fat Man Scoop. And okay. at the time, okay. Fat Man Scoop had a podcast with his wife, uh, his then wife, Chandra. It was called Man and Wife. Mm-hmm. And right. knowing Scoop personally, his personality is just out there. You don't know what's going to fly out of his mouth. And when they started the podcast, I was a faithful fan, of course, supporting, but it was an actual good show. The content talking about real issues in the bedroom and about relationships. And it kind of inspired us to start that. And the kickstart was when Kanye went off on Taylor Swift yeah, mm-hmm. at the MTV Music Awards. I was like, man, that is a brilliant starting point. So we, could, we had all types of opinions coming from both sides on that. Right. Right. How's it work? How's it like work? What is it like working for J. Anthony Brown? Because I think he he is such an underrated talent, man. He's so funny. He yeah. J. Anthony Brown, man, you, he is just one of those real down to earth people. That's what we vibe with is just real folks. And, and he believes in our podcast. And, 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 and Jay is just a joy to work with. Um, the opportunity actually came to us because we did not realize he was a fan of the show. 
And he contacted us and was like, look, I want you guys to talk politics on the show. And I'm like, okay, cool. And we've been doing it for almost six, seven months now. now yeah. And Jay is very flexible. He's always inspiring. And he does not, you know, shy away from giving you some pointers if you need them. Nice, nice. nice. You know, people always say they talk about Jamie Foxx and, and other people as being like, you know, singers, com comedians and all that kind of stuff. But Jay Anthony Brown can sing. He can, he can rap. He can, uh, you know, perform. I mean, he's just funny. I, I just, you know. He's an artist. He, he can make Everything. hot sauce. Right. Uh, he got a, a comedy club. I yeah. mean, the man got so much in under one being. I'm like, you know, it's. I think, like you said, he's very underrated because people do not know not only how long he's been in the industry, but all the talents he possesses as an artist in general. Right. So, yeah, I think Jay gets, he needs to get better props than he does. He should. Now, Michelle, you're a script writer, right? Yes. Now, what does that Sometimes, mean? Sometimes. Okay, what you mean? What you, like, what you do? Like, what kind of scripts you write? Well, I know uh, at one time we had a segment on our show called Reverend Wright, and that was another party we had put in the uh, on the podcast for a period of time. And it was just a crooked reverend. Everything about his church was corrupt, and we would kind of merge trending topics with his church announcement. And that was something I was writing for at least six months, and we had to switch it up. And my sister is very, I mean, we're both pro-black, but she is pro-black to 25th time. I figured if she gave me a statement just to go in on black power, I would calm down. <laughs> so we came up with Conspiracy Sister. Now, she does do her script writing on that one. I may give her a suggestion here and there, but she is total control of Conspiracy Sister. So that's the theme I gave her so we can kind of get that blackness off our chest right at the front door of the show. That's amazing. We got a guy that does conspiracies on our show too. He, uh, I think he's, I think he's currently in the panic room right now because of the conspiracies I'm brought in. I'm gonna ask you about some of this right on. about scripts versus ad libs. How much? Because I, one of my favorite things I love you guys doing are in the car, riding places, and talking with each other, and the, the commentary. How much of that is ad-lib, and how much is of it is script? How much do you devote to writing? Oh, that's, 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 that's totally ad-lib, because, you know, that's us. People think that we are scripted all the time, and we're not. There's only certain segments that we were strictly scripted and just kind of flow from that, but when we're in the car together, yeah, she's we're in a social situation, yeah. that's just informed. And like I said, we're, we're like this off the show with each other. It's actually worse off the air because then we cuss each other out. But, <laughs> right. but I mean, it, it, that's what, how we flow with each other, being sisters. We both love to laugh. And we like to discuss, you know, things of the culture and things that are affecting us as human beings. Why not have fun with it? Um, go ahead. Yes, on Sly? Go ahead. Yeah. So what do you think about what's going on with Amarosa right now? Yeah. Uh, um, opportunities. Yeah, she got a book coming out, so, you know, that's obvious. You know, she wasn't, she wasn't saying nothing when she was in the White House. You can't tell me that you've had this relationship with Donald Trump all these years, and you have not heard or at least known, because trust me, Central Park, that, that, that's, you know, that's the starting point of Donald Trump's history. But then you sh So you should be in the know of how this man goes about handling people of the African-American community alone. Right. Right. It's just like if you guys are partners and you've been partners for so long and your partner displays certain behaviors that you know are not right, but you go in the flow anyway. 
That's how I'm a But is there, I understand the opportunity part, but is there a part of you as a woman, as a black woman, since you say you're very pro-black, that, that wishes or hopes that she does have this information that could start the oh, downfall yeah. of, of oh, the yeah, president? I, I'm very happy that she's getting ready to work with Mueller. Um, for her to even sit there and record all that stuff, she had to have something up her sleeve the moment she walked in that White House. Oh yeah. Or I, I also look at it as uh, as a cover up because you know, like right now, what Trump is saying, which we know half of what he says is lies. But when it comes to her character, her professionalism, and her being an employee of the White House, you're not going to sit up here and dismiss me and dingy up my reputation. So you, you can't. can't I'm not saying I'll let you dismiss. Me. Well, that's what. That's no, why, that's, I'm not. That's why I to record. I'm not a fan of her, but I do respect her as the woman that came from the streets and got herself educated. She's very witty and quick. So, so she's so, so in a way you Go think ahead. she's she's um tuning back into her roots. She she's going she's going back old school to the stuff, the devious stuff. Maybe she maybe she did. I don't know if she did or didn't. But it's, it seems like she's she's willing to get a little dirty and that she knows how to. Well, I don't think she ever had the problem getting dirty. I, I, you know, I see her on the printers. You know, she, you know, she will post up on you. But, uh, but you know, me as a black woman and pro black. I would have never been down with Trump from the get-go. Thank you. We, we would have never got along. Right. Right. I, I, that's what I said. I, I, that's what. That's my issue with it. I'm like, how can you be selective? Like, be selective pro Exactly. You, know? you picked your time. time. I was trying to look out for my, my community. No, you wasn't. You wasn't. And then so. there's other issues besides Trump. You know, you got Ben Carson. Oh, girl, don't talk about that. Jacking up, you know, housing for people of lower income levels. Yeah. So, so they came up in, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. you got too many connections with a downfall of a community for me to actually be, okay, sister. The only thing I'm cheering her on is go ahead, give a taste of mother, but as far as me thinking that she's being, you know, real, nah, I don't, I don't think that. This, this moment could define her, her in history uh, and, and propel her future. Um, we, we have a segment called 2038. Um, in 2038, I don't know if that'd be an election year, but could you could Amarosa be running for president? Oh, oh hell if, no! If, I ain't vote for her. If she topples forty five and causes an impeachment, could could she be looked at as a hero and then and then voted in? It, 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 not even the president. If she gets Trump impeached, she will be uh, hanged. She will not make it to twenty thirty eight. She will have a mob of. Crackers behind her, okay. <laughs> For real. With fresh, with fresh, crisp linen sheets, okay. Already, and I'm sure she's probably already getting death, death threats as it is right now. Mm. You know, now you said Mueller was the wrong. I'd be like, yes, because he'd never liked Trump from day one. Really? Okay. I don't know. Mueller's never, even though he was under Bush, but um, this man has never liked this punk, just like nobody else on the phone. I'm sure from day one. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What do you think about black people or pro-black people? Not that we know one personally or have one on this show, but pro-black people who think that their vote doesn't matter, doesn't want to vote. That, that right there, that bothers me. That's I get, yeah, I get, I get into it with a lot of my friends on Facebook because right now Trump is trying to change the vote. If you're not voting, right. So he might bother voting. He's going to take your right away. I, don't, I feel like, why would they work so hard to keep you from voting if it didn't matter. Right. 
And then our forefathers went through too many struggles to hell just for us to try to get to the ballot. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just un, it's uncanny to me how anybody in our community at this time, especially with all the tension going on, yeah. cannot be aware of your rights as a human being and you have a right to speak your voice at that uh, voting time. Yeah. And if you don't register to vote, take advantage of that, then yeah. you, I just can't really, you know, consider you all what you say you are. You just mm. talk. Right. And like I said, we don't not that it's not that we know anybody like that personally on this show or even have them as a host on this show. And like I said, this is not a shot at Roland. Uh, what were you what were you ladies saying? I uh, no, just in general about, you know, anybody who is of the, the black community, I think all any American period, but especially in our community, you have the right to vote. It was a struggle to get that vote. It was a struggle to even get our first black president. And if you're going to let it slide, you know, because like last year, last election we had, even though I was not all pro Hillary, okay, now I was a burden. But my thing is that was not, she is the actual person that's going to represent the Democratic Party or whatever party that's going to be for the better good. Because yeah. Trump was not, he should have even been considered as yeah. a candidate. Exactly. Okay, number one. But since he was, and he got the popular vote for the uh, Republicans, here we are. So the people that stayed at home said, oh, well, you don't need to be voting. I, I don't like oh, and, and went and voted for the Green Party. I don't like it. I don't like oh, it. So she's going to let your voice be unheard. Yeah. And now we have the result of Trump. Yeah, folks sitting on their tail. And so so these same people that don't vote um, or didn't didn't choose to exercise their right to vote, they, they will constantly put up the argument, well, it's my constitutional right to not vote. And then have a, yeah. an, an entire side argument about their right not to vote. And then I would say, hey, I don't want to hear this. And they say, well, it, it's my constitutional right to, to a free speech. So I well, say, you know what? To... Don't vote. But you know what? You know, you don't have to vote. But I don't want you complaining either. When, Thank you. Know, you. When everything Thank is being just mad. I don't want to hear it when you apply for a job. And while the Trump administration is rolling back affirmative action, yes. I, I was qualified for the job. But and I knew I had more education, more experience than the other candidate got the job. But, you know. Well, you I don't like it. it. You just like to shut the hell up because you didn't try. Well, uh, true and true. When you go to court, when I'm, you go to court and dealing with sheriffs and counties, it, it started at the local level and it works its way up. But some mm -hmm. people don't get that picture. Right. So every opportunity you have to vote, you need to look into the candidates. Who are you feeling that are pushing issues that you are passionate about, and put your two cents in. Yeah, because anything that um, Obama did put in place that really helped black people, he's dismantled. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that say that, uh, like I said, we don't know anybody on this show that does that, but there's a lot of yeah. people that say that, uh, that Obama did nothing for black people. <laughs> and I'm I know. Like, and, and, but yeah, I know that those are jackasses. <laughs> but those, that's just pure, you know, I'm looking at it like, you know, a typical black person, you know, hook me up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a hookup message. I think when a lot of, so unfortunately, some people in the black community thought that once we got black president, we was in. We was going to get out. It's like a cousin that got, you know, the, the one yeah. lottery. So, right. no, it, right. it, it don't, it don't so, work like that. I'm so glad that you all said that. There's so, and not that we have anybody on this show that feels that way, but there, there's so many people that felt like, oh, let me get this right. You guys, people are upset that a politician said, political things. I had a guy that tell me that Obama was the first gay president. I said, he was? Yeah, he did all this stuff. I said, tell me what policy, tell me what policy he signed for gay people. What what bill, what legislation did he have? 
Uh, well, and like I said, this is not a shot at anybody we have on this show, but yeah. you know, a few people said it. Like they were like, "Ah, oh, well, I, well, he said he said that gay people should get married." Okay, so you're mad that and, a politician? That's their right, though. You're mad that a politician said something political. He didn't sign yeah. it into law. Like, get out of here. Like, people just people, people just sit up on these blogs all day and just and fill their heads up with bullshit and then come back out and mm-hmm. believe it. And, and that's what well, that's, he, how, that's how we got Trump. It's empty conspiracies, number one, that's gotten into the public mind. Yeah, I'll give you another prime example on how uh, Obama's thrown in the bus. We've been watching the documentary on Trayvon, uh, Trayvon Martin. Right. And when he made the statement about if I had a son, he would be he would look like Trayvon. Right. And all the backlash came from that one statement yeah. that was not racially motivated, but as his father. Yeah. And if I had a son, he would be like this young man. Right. And this young man is no longer with us. And, and the right wing went crazy. Well, they had because Obama didn't give him enough juice. I mean, here's a black <laughs> man that was faithful to his wife, had married a black woman, mm-hmm. had black children. All they could pick on was a suit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he didn't give him enough. But let, let me... Now, let me stay right there with what you said about Trayvon Martin. It's funny that that they say that. This is why I just had a conversation with the guys about this. They, they'll say that, oh, Obama dabbed into local local issues by involving himself in the Trayvon Martin thing. Now, we're, we're, our show is based in Chicago. And all I hear, because I have white friends, and I listen, I listen to them, and they want, they said, well, Chicago is Obama's fault. I'm like, wait a minute. First of all, he was never a mayor. He was never a chief right. of police. And I said, I, I thought Republicans didn't want big government. So why all of a sudden you want the president of the United States involved in mm-hmm. Chicago? Well, he was born there. I said, well, Bill Clinton was from Arkansas. You remember how fucked up Arkansas was in the 90s? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we live we live right next door to Arkansas. We came from Memphis, honestly, so trust me. Yeah, we nobody know how to Arkansas. about that. Every time something happened in Texas, did nobody blame Bush about it? Like, come on, mm-hmm. man. Shit. No, I, I think people try to find these little, any little tiny excuse to make this empty conspiracy. I look at it as being a hypocrite. Why is people are hypocrites? It's racism and being a hypocrite. Because all this crap that Trump is doing, we all, we both, everybody was told no. If Obama did just half, half of it, if he had all these different baby mamas and all these oh different affairs God. with, with all, all the sexual accusations, yeah. We we would he they would bury him. He would have been impeached like they do in Bill Cosby at eighty years old. Okay, okay. And you know what? And you know what? They said that he cried over Trayvon Martin. But you know what? Remember Sandy Hook when all those kids got killed? He the cried one, then. He wasn't yep. the one. Our kids. He cried over them too. They don't want to talk. But you about know that. what? But you know we that's when we had a president that had a soul and a heart. Right. Morals. Yeah. Moral. Yeah. We got, mm-hmm. we got this jackass going to Puerto Rico throwing up air balls with a uh with a with a with, with, with bounty with bounty tiles and shit. Like same, same. Say, I Welcome back inside the cave, iHeartRadio. Here we go. Sitting here, Dion Cole. Check this out. One of the things I'm really impressed with you by is the fact that you started writing for Conan. Mm-hmm. How was that process, man? It's great, man. It's my man. He changed my life. It was something amazing, you know. Still love him, still get down with him, you know. Cool, cool, cool. Comedians are having a hard time now, man. What do you think about the whole Roseanne issue? Especially with that being with ABC. Mm-hmm. Smart man. Uh, <laughs> smart man, smart man. Is it true that they tried to stop an episode of Blackish about kneeling, Kaepernick kneeling? Yeah, they did. Really? Mm-hmm. Did they say why? Or? No, it's beyond my power. No, cool, cool, yeah. cool. How is it working with the Blackish crew, man? Great, man. Fantastic. Yeah. Group, group, great, great group of people, family. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. yeah. Check this out. If Bernie Mac was still here right now, mm-hmm. how do you think he would be in the social media atmosphere? Oh, he'd be crazy. He'd be <laughs> up there with Will Smith and the rest of them. Yeah. He's a monster. That's the big bro. So, you know? Yes, sir. My man. Dion right, Cole, baby. thanks for coming. Can you, yeah, can you say, say this is Dion Cole and I'm going inside the cave? This is Dion Cole and I'm going inside the cave. Peace. My, my man, thank you. Nah, man. All right, now. Inside the cave. You did say you wanted to be in, right? Like inside the cave. I'm sitting here with the legendary king of comedy and voice of the culture, D.L. Hughley. Man, the show was awesome, bro. Thank you, man. I had a wonderful time. It's one of my favorite cities in the country, man. Yes, man. And you know... Watching you do this stand-up brings me back to my favorite episode of uh, Fresh Prince, <laughs> when you taught Will Smith. Yeah, 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 when I was Keith. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now, you know, that... I got that gig because I was the warm-up on the show. So okay. I used to oh, be the okay. warm-up. Right, right, right. And so- Thank you for listening to Inside the Cave. Get the latest Cave Crush and Inside the Cave gear at CaveCrushShop.com. Thought-provoking ignorance with special guests and Cave Crushes. And Cave Crushes. Inside the cave. Inside the cave. You did say you wanted to be in, right? Three Lee Films.